Shop Academy Sports and Outdoors online and get $20 off when you spend $100 or more on Academy.com or get $10 off when you spend $50 or more. Buy online and pick up in-store. Shop Academy.com today. Ends May 25th. Exclusions and restrictions apply. See Academy.com slash disclaimers for details. Video side. And uh, let's do that. Just like so. Radiohead, how you doing? The gorgeous Fidgety Aura. Gordium. Bobbert. Nicholas Shaughnessy and his fantastic hair. Mennonite Abe and Mark Ellens. The lovely Manitoba Becky. She is the wheat queen of Brandon. Alien Critter. Sweet Donna C. Cosmo Fang. How y'all doing? And uh, who else is here? D-Worm. The gorgeous Cryptid Huntress. How you doing? Thank you for joining us. Charles, let me be your huckleberry if you don't mind. I would appreciate that. Hi, Worsley. Thank you for joining us. And Truthertainment, welcome to the show. And uh, who else is here? Let's take a look. Scrolling up. Scrolling up. I think we got all that. And uh, Bigfoot Michigan Rob, thank you for joining us. Super Knower. Doug Shelby is here. The Doug Shelby has arrived. See, he even says, you can now start the show, Captain. I will. I will start the show. The gorgeous Jenny, Violetta, welcome to Spaced Out Radio. How are you? Uh, the lovely Aunt Edna, Philip Baca, good to have you all here. Eve Clancy, welcome to SOR Chat. Elena Campbell, welcome to SOR Chat. Here we go, everyone. It's time to rock. Get your horns up. Let's do this thing. Hey, hey, hey. Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show and our terrestrial affiliates around North America digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old Davey the favor hit that subscribe button you can follow us on twitter at spaced out radio instagram at spaced out radio show and on tiktok at spaced out radio our website spacedoutradio.com we have a plethora of features for you including rocket out to bumblefoot reading shirky poos newswire check out our swag as well tonight's show is brought to you by chive charities Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a great show planned for you tonight. What is up with the mainstream and UFOs? From After Hours, Grant uh, Baker is going to join us here momentarily. Then, in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller is going to hang out with us with another spooky story. The fedora-wearing John Hudson is back with the UFO report. Ed. And Shirky Poo is going to rock the news. All right, let's get right to it. You know, it's been a very busy couple weeks in the UFO world, especially all over mainstream media and this show in particular, where we have been hammering it home on what is going on in the world. You know, UFOs has become a very complex topic here. 
We saw what happened last week with the congressional hearings. Whether you liked it or not, well, that is a different story. That is all about what we were going to get, which was pretty much nothing, even though there was some positives and some good points in there. But has the mainstream really caught on to the fact outside of the media, what they do when they get a hot-button topic before they drop it, have the people hooked up to it? We're going to go through it tonight because Grant Baker, I always want to call him Grantavius or Grant T. Mercury because of that beautiful mustache he has, is here hanging out with us tonight. We're going to have a decent conversation over the next couple of hours. And if you're in one of our chat rooms, we want you to participate as well with lots of questions tonight regarding everything to do with this topic because it's important. You know, when you get into the government settings of things, the one thing that can be for sure is we are never, ever going to get the full truth as to what's going on. Grant Baker, your mustache is looking perfect. How you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good, Dave. Thank you for having me back on. It's good seeing you. I, I'm trying here to get my, my, my microphone because it doesn't sound right in my head. And, you know, when things don't sound right... So for people who don't know in our radio audience, I mean, you can't really see, I did an, a, a complete shift of my studio this weekend. I had a full long weekend off, and I figured, you know what? I'm tired of, of the look that I have. It looked cluttered. It looked messy. Like, it, it, I just hadn't had a change in a while. Same studio for, like, four years since we set it up. And I'm like, man, I got to... I got to do this thing, man. I got to tidy it up. And so I shifted everything. But the thing is, even though you try not to hit buttons, somehow that every time you put it all back together, it just sounds different. Like everything is uncomfortable for me tonight, man. Everything is uncomfortable. So I'm trying to get around it. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. We'll get there. Anyways, Grant, uh, thank you so much. And and one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on, our original guest, Allison Yellowney, was supposed to be here telling her about uh, us about her family's experiences with UFOs, UAP, extraterrestrials. And she is a brilliant, brilliant interview from northern Alberta. I've interviewed her once. I think she's only done like two interviews, maybe even just the one. But her story is powerful. But she made a mistake, Okay. And we're going to rebook her. What happened was she's actually moving. She sold her oh. home and she was moving. And when she checked her calendar, because I was trying to get a hold of her tonight, couldn't get a hold of her. And then like about 35 minutes before showtime, she messages me. She goes, oh, crap, Dave. I'm so sorry to you and the Spaced Out Radio listeners because I accidentally put the date as the 28th in my calendar. And, oh, man. and obviously today is not the 28th. So we're going to rebook her. It's an honest mistake. Sometimes that thing happens, but you know what? We got Grant. We got his very impressive lip blade and we are going to continue on here. Grant, uh, you know, you've been now host, helping co-host the after hour show a couple weeks now with Fedora, John and, and Bree and, and uh, big Willie. It's been a big learning curve for you on our YouTube mm -hmm. channel, getting to know everything. But one thing that you are previous to that is you're an experiencer of the paranormal and supernatural. And, you know, I know you have taken a vested interest in trying to figure out, you know, what's going on in this planet, much like all of us are, you 
you know, ever since last week with the congressional hearings, I think we, if we're in this community, have all been trying to really get to it into what's happening around the world and if people are paying attention. What's your thoughts a week later after this congressional hearing? You know, I kind of changed my mind on it, actually. <clears throat> Excuse me. I uh, They don't give you a lot of information, obviously. But the fact that I'm, I'm looking at the silver lining here, we're on track. We're talking about it. And, you know, I understand that they don't want our adversaries knowing uh, the censors and they don't want to, we don't want our adversaries knowing what we know. And so they're being very hush hush about it. And I can understand that. And so the fact that they're talking about it is, is kind of just proof of the pudding for me. And it's, it's very, a lot of the world says, you know, it's a big nothing burger yet again, but at the same time, we're still talking about it. It's, it's still on the table. And, uh, that's, that's very encouraging for me. Well, you know what? It is encouraging, but are your friends talking about it? You know, you go to work during the day. Are people talking about it around you? Because to me, if I'm not bringing up the subject, I sure as heck mm -hmm. know that people aren't bringing it up. You know, it's funny that you say that because of my job, I actually interact with a lot of people during the day. And either they'll see my hat or my shirt because I wear a lot of, you know, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, you know, memorabilia and stuff like that. And, uh, a lot of the times they'll they'll hit me up. Hey, I like your hat. Which when somebody says that to me, and I have a Bigfoot hat on, game changer right then and there. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw him once, and I just leave it at that. And then that's when they come at me. That's how I've noticed a lot of people are still kind of not real easy with their. They're just not used to the fact of talking openly about this with a lot of people, especially strangers. So now I've noticed that there is a, a rise with that, but no, most of my friends don't talk to me about it. And I do have to be the one that brings it up 90% of the time, but it is changing slowly, but surely. Do you think that's a good thing for the public? Is the public ready to really find out what's going on? Absolutely not. I, I don't believe the public is ready in any way, shape or form. It's the same thing with the pandemic. You see what happens, you know, like I've said before, and I'm going to stick to that until you know, there's plenty of us out there that want to know right now. There's a lot of us that are ready, but the majority, until the majority of the people on the planet either know about it or can accept it for what it is and not freak out and just kind of, I actually, I hate to say this, but I actually agree, agree with the trickle in effect is because the world really isn't ready for it. They really are not ready for it. Uh, no, I don't think so either, and we're going to get into a <clears throat> lot of hot-button topics regarding this tonight, and, you know, it's one of those things where we want to hear from the public, so if you're in one of our chat rooms tonight or on Twitter, do us a favor, ask a question. We will discuss that question tonight. It doesn't matter. Usually we save questions until hour number two of the show. Tonight, it's going to be a little bit different. You want to fire questions up about what's going on? You let us know. What do you want to hear regarding this topic? Because it is that important to the world. I mean, Grant, when you look at it, there are not many topics regarding humanity that will affect everyone on the planet. Look, there's a few. If Jesus Christ mm -hmm. himself came down from the heavens, that's going to affect. That's good. That's going to be either a very good day or a very bad day for some of us. Okay. Right. All right. <laughs> you know, if, if there's a nuclear holocaust, that's going uh. to affect everybody. 
But there are very few topics on this world that actually will affect every single one of us. Okay. Exactly. Extraterrestrial contact is one of them. And I am very sensitive to the fact, and I don't know if you're in the minority and I'm in the minority to the fact that, that I don't know if humanity is truly ready for this. If you look at it, you being on the side that humanity may not be ready, why do you feel so strongly towards that idea? You know, the reason is, is a lot of people have a, a problem with accepting things like this. When people have that kind of a block of being able to accept what's right in front of their face, then they do kind of a panic mode. And I don't want to get into the science of how your brain works, but it's kind of like the center of your brain goes into a fight or flight, which is something that is not controlled consciously. You cannot control that emotion that you have, which is something that we've gotten from way back when. You have an alien present itself into society you're going to have billions of people that are going to go through that simultaneously. And that is not going to be something that is going to be fun for anybody that is around, especially people that are driving. I mean, you can only imagine. Uh, I'm not even talking about religious beliefs. There's people that with religious beliefs, if you believe in God, I don't care what type of you know religious beliefs you have, but everybody believes in something. And whether it's God or Jehovah or Allah or, you know, the great grandfather in the sky all they got to do is moralize it like oh yeah well if he made us he could have made everybody in, in the universe so i mean it's real easy religious wise to just get over it that's that's the easy thing but the mental block of having seen aliens as a child with sigourney weaver and then all of a sudden something who knows what it looks like similar just shows up on your front door so to speak that's going to be terrifying for a lot of people and i think the pandemonium would it'd be exponential well and i think that's the reason why when we look towards or look back at last week for the u.s congressional hearings i think that's why we saw a lot of vanilla questions that's why Mm -hmm. we saw are we sure it isn't swamp gas being asked regarding this we all know it's not swamp gas we've known for months not just we as in the podcasters but those who are speaking about it okay they know it's not swamp gas or russia or china or you know some little you know uh weapons of mass destruction hut the middle of syria we know it's not them we know Mm -hmm. it's not the united states we know that it is something else. And I think that Mike Gallagher, the representative who went off last week, really put it uh, in a smart way. We don't know where they're coming from. Is it space? Mm-mm. Is it time travel from the future? Is it inner earth? Is it is it somewhere else that we haven't figured out yet? Different dimensions, different portals that, that got them here. And I think that this is something that a lot of us, even those of us as experiencers, have never thought of. Even though I'm very pro, these are aliens from outer space. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, it would take a hard, hard uh, list of evidence for me to believe otherwise. But how do you feel about that? You know, I'm I'm a nuts and bolts kind of guy as well. I I really do think that I've listened to a lot of the stories where people were talking about being on the ships, you know, as experiencers and the ships were sentient and I can wrap my head around that. That's fine. It's no big deal. And being able to go through time and space, you know, there's sure there's probably technology that's well advanced as ours that are able to bend time and space 
if that's what they even think it is. It's just our uh, terminology for it. But yeah, you know, even if they come through portholes, the only way I'd really believe it is it's right in front of my eyes. But now, so to speak, you know, last week I'm driving down to Los Angeles and not only did I see it in broad daylight, it wasn't at night. It was one of the rare ones that you get to see in the daylight. Uh, bright light in the sky and it just made a weird turn that was the shape of a bullet and it disappeared right in front of my eyes and and the great thing was is my son who finally finally got to see his first ufo and oh man it was pandemonium in the truck he he really enjoyed that (laughs) your son enjoyed it okay Mm -hmm. and i know with my son i take him out going to look for bigfoot he loves it but him and i have a rule he cannot leave my side because I don't want any of this David Politis stuff happening, you know, with my kid. I really don't. But, uh, you know, for your son, is he very, at his age, is he very accepting to the fact that there's UFOs, aliens, Bigfoot, everything like that? That is a very good question. And, uh, Yes, he is. And I think that's what we're kind of waiting for, for, you know, the people that are looking for the government to say, there's aliens, okay? It only takes one generation, which is a blink of an eye, to completely do anything you want, to convince people what you want, to change our curriculum. Anything you want to do can happen within the course of one lifetime. And I think the the acceptance of these children are what's going to bring it out because they're going to be the ones that are ruling the country after we're gone and they're going to be the ones that are going to be able to accept it the easiest, especially since nowadays it's in the news. They're seeing it. He's asking me questions. His friends are asking me the same questions. And I think, the I hate to say it, I'd love to see him on my lifetime. But realistically, if you look at long-term uh, disclosure, it might be theirs. Well, and you know what? I was told by an insider that we're not going to see it until we're older. And he basically told me our grandkids should be walking around with aliens on this planet. That isn't that far away. Like you said, it's a blink of an eye, but that's an Mm -hmm. entire, I mean, you think about it. There's still two generations above us. Okay. Our parents, our grandparents, if we're still lucky enough to have grandparents Mm -hmm. alive, some people still have great grandparents alive. Okay, so there is still a number of the generations that are still, you know, quite set in their own ways and not wanting to to deal with this type of of information. But the reality is your children, my children, the younger generations, they're like, come on, bring on those aliens, man. Let's just get to it. Let's let's just share the love of the universe here, man, (laughs) even though it's not that simple. We're going to go to a question right from the top here from Lawnmower Girl. Is UFO disclosure needed? What is the benefit? Go for it, Grant. Oh, you know, the benefit of it is is everybody wants to be validated. Excuse me. So a lot of us in the field that that are studying this, the things that we see, all the experiencers, we're the ones pushing for disclosure the hardest. And we are the ones that are like patiently or impatiently, so to speak, tapping on the on the table, waiting, like, come on, give us give us our piece of pie. For most of the public, a disclosure is not needed in my mind because they're not really looking for it yet. Right. Once the word gets out then at that point, I think they're going to have to start to get that ball rolling faster. For us, it's 
disclosure is not needed. We already know it's real. We've seen it with our own eyes. We've been really close to it. I really don't need it myself. I know it's real. I'm just waiting for everybody else to wake up. For me, I look at it this way. I don't think it's necessary. And I think, Lawnmower Girl, that is a very, very healthy question. Why, after 70 years of cover-up, denial, tinfoil hats, making fun of people, ruining people, have they all of a sudden decided that it's time to start talking UFOs and eventually aliens? It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense at all. And the only two reasons why I can think of this happening is this. Number one, a false flag which I do not believe is going to happen, a false flag alien invasion that leads to another full world shutdown. I don't believe Mm -hmm. that for a second. But number two, which I think is more predictable, I think that the phone rang, I'm going to put this in plain English, the phone rang, the American government answered it, and it was like, hey, this is Ted and Martha from, from Zeta Reticuli. We have our ship you know, docked and loaded. We're coming for a vacation to planet Earth, and we want to meet up with you guys. That is what I think happened. And maybe not exactly in those terms or anything like that, but I think what it did was it said, okay, we are 28 years away from landing on Earth. You guys have 28 years to to all of a sudden get the public up and ready on this subject. I don't think it's a it's a threat, even though we're seeing a lot of these Tic Tacs around, especially they want us to believe it's happening in military areas and military areas only. I don't believe that for a second. I think they're everywhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're only in military areas, Grant and, and people in our chat room and people listening are not going to be seeing UFOs over their houses unless they live by bases or training areas. No, 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 no. We're seeing them. We are. This is just all part of the narrative. So I think that a phone call was... Kick off summer with great deals at Academy Sports and Outdoors. Take up to $100 off grills and patio furniture. Get kids' bikes starting at $59.99 and get 25% off Hydroflask drinkware. Shop your store or academy.com. Deals end May 30th. Exclusions and restrictions apply. See academy.com slash disclaimers. Hey guys, it's Tamara from Two Teas in a Pod. You've done everything you can to lose that stubborn fat, exercise, eat right, but lately it has gotten harder. I totally get it. You want that summer ready body, right? Cool Sculpting may be able to help you reach your goals. It's a non surgical treatment that targets, freezes, and eliminates treated fat cells for good. Ask your doctor if Cool Sculpting is right for you. Common side effects include temporary numbness, discomfort, and swelling. Find a provider at CoolSculpting.com. CoolSculpting is FDA cleared to treat visible fat bulges on the abdomen, flank, thigh, bra fat, back fat, upper arm, and under the buttocks, chin, and jawline. It's also FDA cleared to affect the appearance of lax tissue with submental area treatments. CoolSculpting is not a treatment for weight loss. Rare side effects may occur. CoolSculpting may cause visible enlargement in the treated area after treatment, which will not resolve on its own and may require surgical intervention for correction. Ask your doctor if CoolSculpting is right for you. See additional important safety information at CoolSculpting.com made from somewhere in the middle of space and they said hey we're on our way we're coming and you guys better be prepared for it and 28 years is a blink of an eye on this planet it really is and if you look at it that way 
They have to prepare us. They have to prepare the generations. So that way, when it does happen, and hopefully they found out by then that they're not coming over for dinner, if you know what I mean, and we're the main course, that we are going to see extraterrestrials on this planet. And I don't think that there's a choice anymore. I don't think somebody like Luis Elizondo, who did his best along with others to cover up this this uh, phenomena the way they have, is all of a sudden going to do a beeline change course unless there is something real on its way. And that's what I believe. All right. Grant Baker, my guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio, the reality of what is going on. Let's go to Mennonite Abe's question for you, Grant, as we got about just over 90 seconds. What is the impact of the Wilson documents being entered into the record by Congress? What is your thoughts on that, Grant? You know, I don't have enough information on that one yet as to pose any, any thoughts on it, to be honest with you. I'm I'm still kind of working through a few things, and I'm going to have to look this one up. All right. I'll answer that. I have a personal hatred with the Wilson documents. All right. But I'm going to keep that to myself. <laughs> it's just, oh, God, I wish I could go public with that. But <laughs> let, let's just say that story was supposed to break here on Spaced Out Radio, and it didn't. And it didn't, and we got screwed on that story. But nonetheless, I think the Wilson documents, if they are proven to be accurate, which Admiral Wilson again recently is denying that they ever took place, and Eric Davis is saying, Yes, they did. I think what they have to do is they have to to either A, grant Admiral Wilson some sort of immunity for talking about this so that way he doesn't lose his rank, his pension, or anything along those lines, or they have to bring him in for private congressional hearings on the matter behind the doors. This one ain't going public. It is not going public at all. They are going to keep this one behind closed doors. And that's what's scary about it because we're going to be relying on all sorts of conjecture and hearsay moving forward on the Wilson documents. We got more questions from our audience coming up here on Spaced Out Radio as we wrap up the first half hour of the show, second half hour with my guest, the Grand Tavius one, Grant Baker. We're going to continue with your questions. We're going to continue with the impact on the public. We want to know. If you're in our chat rooms, put your questions in capital letters. They're easier for old Davy's eyes to read. We'll be back with the second half hour of Spaced Out Radio right after this. All right, we're clear. Uh, we got a lot of new people in our chat room tonight. I just want to let you guys know we aren't a, an ordinary podcast. We're actually a live radio show. So we have to take commercial breaks uh, for our radio side to time out with them. So if you don't mind, hang out. You get to hear the behind-the-scenes stuff of what we talk about on the YouTube side, even on the podcast side, if you're listening in on Spreaker. And this is going out to all our podcast networks as well. But the radio side gets the commercial side of everything. And uh, I'm going to quickly – I know I'm missing a bunch here. I'm a few minutes behind. Uh, Let me quickly, before we go any further – whip through this because you know i like to say hello to everybody who is in our chat room and trust me i am saving the uh questions here so you don't need to retype them i've got them all 
Uh, let's see who showed up here. Um, Michael Darling, good to see you. Strangeland, nice to have you here. And there's Chris Holm. How you doing, buddy? Good to have you back. And he's a good dude. Thurston Howell the Third, what's happening? Gong Show, Team Roswell. How you doing, buddy? And Mark Ellens, nice to have you here. And Eddie Rodriguez, thank you so much for the super chat. I will get to your comment a little bit uh, in a little bit here, Eddie. So uh, just bear with me, and I will get to it during the show when we're live. And let's see, who else do we have here? Matthew Kennedy, thanks for coming on in. Dolly, how you doing? Well, I'll get to your question next, my dear. And um, Dolly's going to be a guest here coming up soon. Bean Jelly, welcome to SOR Chat. A very powerful first statement. Poop. Very nice. <laughs> very nice. You know, any other host would be like, come on. Not me, man. Not me. That is high-quality verbiage right there. Luke99, what's happening, buddy? And Uncle Dale in your power stash, very nice to see you. And uh, who else do we have here? Let's see here. Uh, Brazelhoff, a.k.a. Kristoff, nice to see you. And uh, Steve Wolf, nice to have you here. And who else is here? Uh, Vash the Impaler. Nice to have you here. Penman, give you one of those. And uh, let's see here. River Dogma, thanks for coming on in. Oob to Joe's Maine. You've got Lola. Yeah, you do. Where's my picture, Joe? I need my picture of Lola. Kevin Moonlicht, how you doing, buddy? And uh, Super Knower, uh, Magnus Zerum, thanks for coming on in. Mitchell Darling, thanks for joining us, buddy. And uh, who else is here? Well, let's see. I'm caught up to 927, so I'm five minutes behind right now in the chat room. It's amazing how quickly you guys chat. Bear with me. Um, Margio looking lovely tonight. Hey, there's Super Quest. How you doing? Paul War, thank you for joining us for the first time. Big J, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on in. The gorgeous Thin Lizzie Borden. Yep, she is gorgeous with her blue hair. I'm a fan of the blue hair. I give thumbs up to the blue hair. Uh, let's see, who else do we have here? Um, I think I'm caught up on names. I really do think I am. Uh, let's see here. We got uh, about a minute and a half. Dave does not love the Maple Leafs. Let's not spread horrible rumors about that. That's terrible. My Oilers are kicking ass and taking names right now. <laughs> mm hmm. Truth or Tainment, how big is Big Feet's Winkle Dinkle? I've listened to many theories and stories, and it's never remarked on. Well, I'm going to, I'll just answer this off the air. I, I bet you, I bet you he's packing some heat. I will say that. You know, there's no shrinkage there. There's no shrinkage there. <laughs> None, none whatsoever, and that's where we're going to leave it. Uh, big thank you tonight to Eddie, D. Cohen, and Smithy for the Super Chats. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to uh, support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Cajun Tui, welcome to SOR Chat. Thank you for joining us. 
And we got about uh, 40 seconds here. And uh, then we're going to rock and roll. And then i got to scroll back up about 15 minutes in order to uh, get back to the questions. And, uh, yeah. That's the way we do it around here. All you newbies like Eve Clancy are like, what the hell am I listening to? It's what we do. It's all about the woo. All about the woo. All right, let's do this thing. Here we go. Ten seconds. Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I really appreciate it. want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight. Your questions regarding what's going on in the mainstream with UFOs. Joining me tonight from After Hours, our weekend show, we got Grant T. Baker. The T stands for Terrific Mustache. And there we go. Grant, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me back. This is awesome. I love it. All right. Let's get right to Dolly's question. And Dolly's going to be a guest here in in a mm-hmm. short time on this show because uh, she's got one hell of an amazing experience going on. She's asking, how many people don't already know about UFOs? Well, do you want to take that one first, Grant, or you want me to? To be, I mean... Let's just take the United States. I can't say for the the as a globe, I wouldn't know, but I know the United States is about one third of the people don't believe in them and don't know about them. I mean, if you ask them, I think everybody in the globe's been heard of the word UFO, heard the term UAP. But I, you know, how many people actually believe in it versus the people that don't? I think it's about you know two out of three that do believe in it, and the other third has nothing to do with it. I think there's a lot of people out there, too. We ha- cannot cancel the fact that there's a lot of people out there who don't want to know about it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Whether they may believe, they may are they could be absolutely petrified, afraid, whatever it may be, there is a lot of excuses that we have. I know there's people that I work with that are absolutely petrified of the subject. They will say, hey, I don't want to be talking about that, man. Don't don't bring that UFO crap up around me. I don't believe in it. That's her excuse. I don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you believe in it? No, it's too scary to think about. Right? But this is reality. Let's go to Kim's question. What does ready look like? That is a powerful question. Want me to start or you want to go? Uh, you go ahead and go on that one. I'm having a little bit of a glitch or a delay going on here. 
Okay. Well, I will uh, start with that one, Kim. I think ready looks like the fact when we have been given proper information where not everything is swamp gas, it's not little green men, Lou Elizondo isn't hiding behind his NDAs, the government isn't hiding behind backdoor policy and backdoor meetings. I think that what we need to do to be ready is we need to know. Look, we don't need to know all of the secrets that are out there. We don't need to know about how many aliens uh, survived Roswell. We don't need to know if there are other crash sites where bodies have been found or alive or dead. What we do need to know, though, is what is happening? Why is this happening? What happened? Just the truth is readiness. The hiding is not. Now, the people who are hiding this are saying, look, whether it's because of the Russians and the Chinese and any other adversary about the technology that we have gained from this, okay, that's one thing. But another big thing is this. If you're hiding it because you're afraid of how people are going to react, the truth, what are we told since kid childhood? The truth may hurt, but it's always the best result. Mm-hmm. And hiding this is going to make things worse. It has made things worse because now you look at what's going on, the conspiracy theories and everything that that have happened regarding this subject, the people's lives who have been ruined over this, people who have lost jobs, people who have complete nightmares. This is what is going on. The truth is what we need. We don't need the whole truth. We just need the truth. And I think that's a fair assessment. How about you, Grant? You know, I agree with that. I think I have a little bit more to add to it. You know, when you want to introduce an alien species into this globe, you got to also put your shoe on the other foot or their shoe, so to speak. So they're coming as another intelligent being that happens to be spacefaring or however they travel. And they're coming to us too. We're strangers to them too, even though they're the ones that are coming to us right now. The thing is, is I think if you started leaking very carefully, I don't even know if leaking is the right word. I I wish I hadn't said that. The thing is, is if you started showing people what they look like, if we have the ability to do so, and getting people used to the idea that, you know, it's okay, you see an elephant, you're used to it, you've been around it, at one point or another, just because it's new, it might be scary, It, you know, it's another intelligent race. They've been prepping this for years with Star Trek. You know, that's one of those deals where I think if people just understood more of the physiology of the being or what they might look like and how they might act and just kind of settle their heads so that fear factor can dissipate. At that point, you know, everything that you said with a little bit of that sprinkled in, I think would really help. Very much so. Okay, Strangeland is asking, if disclosure happens, people want answers. UFOs equal what? And what else is on, in, and around Earth? That's the big question right now. Where are they coming from? What are they? Who are they? You know, what's their postal code? Do they have a tax number? Right? I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Nope. But there's a lot more questions can be asked. If Here's, here's the thing. If disclosure happens 
and in and around Earth. Now, you you have a lot more questions. There's a lot of questions that are going to come up once you realize they're here and they're a nuts and bolts or if they're ethereal or from a different dimensions. Once you figure that out, and it could be multiple different versions of these. It could be nuts and bolts. It could be from different dimensions. But once we know, then there's going to be a whole lot more questions like, okay, how did you get here? Is there more of you? Is there other dimensions other than just ours and yours? I mean, the the Earth's hollow. What? Like, how? How does this work? How, how do you guys have... The questions will go on and on and on. So that's the biggest question of them all. All right, Lawnmower Girl. If people cannot handle a person dressed as a clown, which I sure as hell can't, hate clowns, mm-hmm. hate them, how could they even begin to fathom an alien? Well, legitimate question, Grant. It is a very legitimate question. There are going to be some people that can't do it, just like people that don't like clowns. I don't like nutcrackers. I can stand next to one. I know what they are. They still creep me out, and that's just going to be the way it is. There's movies out there where there's aliens hanging in around people, and there's some that will uh, you know, reject them, and there's some that are going to say, okay, yeah, you know, you're cool. It's going to be a hard road. That's going to be a really bumpy road. And there's not not a lot of people are going to, well, I can't say not a lot of people. There's It's going to be a definite definite percentage that are just going to reject it altogether and freak out. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why we're really not ready. I don't think we're ready either. I really don't. And I hate to sound pessimistic like that. I don't want to be that guy. You're not ready for the truth. You can't handle the truth. You know, I don't think that's what it's about. But there is reality to this. How is this going to affect markets? How is this going to affect food processing? How is this going to affect the dollar? How is this going Mm -hmm. to affect gold, silver? How is it going to affect economies? Which countries that are, say, overly religious are going to panic and all of a sudden start shooting at anything that's in the sky? All right? There's a lot to worry about right now. Big time. A lot to worry about. And these are, and trust me, people, when I say this, because I have been told this, there are people at the Pentagon who have these exact same worries about disclosure, that it isn't just as simple as saying, hey, boys and girls, infinite universe, we found aliens, see ya, good night, draw the curtain. <laughs> yeah. That's not the way it works. There are legitimate concerns here. And how it's going to affect 7.8 billion of us is one of the big questions. Let's go to Christine. I'm new to some of this, and even I'm ready, LOL. But what the heck is a cryptic? Uh, Oh, you got the perfect question. Do you mind if I stand up for a second? You go. Okay. And knock that off the wall. Here you go. Well, that's how you do it. This is... There's your cryptids. Any type of monster. Any type of monster. Yep. Bigfoot, Mothman, Dogman, Chupacabra. All of those are all of those are cryptids. It's a big, big world out there, man. It is. A I big, love it. Big world. All right. Vash the Impaler is asking. He's got some sweet chin hair, by the way. Sweet, sweet chin hair. He is asking. If aliens present themselves in front of children, Zimbabwe, for example, we know that we are ready and we've been ready. Let's stop saying we're not. Okay, those who have had contact, Vash, and those who have studied this are 
may be ready. Okay? I know hundreds of people in my circle, from my parents to my best friends to the people around me, that are absolutely terrified of this topic. Terrified. They have interest and intrigue in learning, but they've seen a little bit too much Independence Day. (laughs) All right? And, And that's the truth of it. Look, people who listen to this show, the majority of people who listen to this show have never been face-to-face with an extraterrestrial. Some have. Some don't want it to happen again. But I could tell you, when I was face-to-face with an extraterrestrial 200 feet away from me in uh, April of 2014, I was not ready. I thought I was ready. I thought I could handle it, and I froze. I froze. Meantime, Samantha Moat is saying, let's go over there and say hello. Not a hope in hell. (laughs) Not a hope in hell. Not doing it. Not ready to do it. Not happy about the idea of doing it. But that's just where it is. And that's where we're coming from regarding this. So some are ready. I'm not saying everybody's not, but we have to realize there are four and a half billion people on this planet plus who pray to a religious deity every day. And those people, for the most part, even the Catholics, no hiding behind what the Pope said, okay, a few years ago, who believe that any... Kick off summer with great deals at Academy Sports and Outdoors. Take up to $100 off grills and patio furniture. Get kids' bikes starting at $59.99 and get 25% off hydroflask drinkware. Shop your store or academy.com. Deals end May 30th. Exclusions and restrictions apply. See academy.com slash disclaimers. It's another hurricane season. And right about now, residents are busy fortifying their nests against damage. This year, they're preparing with flood insurance. They've learned it's the extra layer of protection that prevents them from paying out of pocket or pouch for costly repairs. You too should trust your instincts this season. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov. The thing that comes from space is Beelzebub and his troops ready for Armageddon. And I hate to put it that way. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be negative at all, Grant. But that's the reality. Can I extrapolate on the Zimbabwe one? Please. So when the biggest vash, the biggest part of your your question there was the children. There were teachers there that that saw this as well, but it was the children. And the teachers kind of stood back and on and a lot of them and every single one of them had the same pictures and everything. And I understand that, but children are much more accepting of a lot of things than adults are adults. Once you start growing up in your brain, chemistry change and you just, you get kind of tempered. We'll just put it that way. And so can I interrupt hard you? Wire- can I interrupt yeah, you on that? You just hit something on the head that as adults, we get tempered with things. I was reading on my community Facebook page today. Heaven forbid if somebody in our area has driven by at a certain time by someone's house and their children playing outside, 
three times over the last three weeks. Immediately, this lady is thinking, predator. Goes on Facebook about being a predator. And be careful about this person driving a white Jeep. Okay? So, I respond by saying, maybe he's not a predator. Maybe, just maybe, he lives in the area or has a boyfriend or girlfriend in the area that he comes Mm -hmm. to see during the day. Maybe he has a mistress. Maybe, just maybe, that's the time he lives in the area and that's the time he goes to work. Maybe that's the time he goes to pick up his own child at school. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And I said, maybe we, if there is a concern, instead of going on Facebook and potentially ruining someone's life, mm-hmm. why don't we call the police and say, hey, just, just out of curiosity, this is what's happening. What do I do? Children, on the other hand, they're just going to keep playing unless they've mm-hmm. been made bear aware. Okay, my son is very bear aware. Okay, and I mean bear aware is in being able to understand the surroundings. But we're, we're so quick to hop to conclusions as adults, Grant. That's the point I wanted to make. Yep, and that's a very good point. And you're, you're very correct in that one. Let's get to D. Cohen. Will it take a UFO to land on the White House lawn for Congress to tell the truth about aliens? I think the timeline on that one is going to be a little different. I do. I don't believe they're going to land on the White House lawn. I think the agenda, when it comes to Congress and the, you know, the government as a whole, and whoever does know about all this, I think there's an understanding. It, and this is just my personal opinion. I don't believe that any extraterrestrial is just going to go and land right in the middle of us and say hi. Hey, my name's Steve. You know, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're like you were saying before, you, they got a call and you got a timeline. I believe that we do know that, you know, somebody on this planet knows. And I believe they are trying to get us up to snuff and up to speed on it. But until we're at that point, I, I believe that whoever the extraterrestrials are, even if it's us from the future, I think they're very aware of the fact that it's probably not a wise choice just to land on the White House lawn, so to speak. Right. Now, to second that, though, if it happened, I would be the first one jumping up and down in my living room screaming, I knew it. <laughs> oh, very sure. Very true. Very, very true. All right, let, let us move on here uh, to another question. Dennis is asking, what do you think will be priority in regards to first interaction and learning from ETs? Mm-hmm. Good question. In fact, I think the first interaction that we're going to have, unless they're super advanced enough to be able to just listen, and I'm not talking about explorers listening to our trash radio, I think if they're advanced enough to learn our language or know how to communicate first, that would be very, very beneficial to us. That way they can make us aware of their intent. And intent is a big, big, big deal. And language, that language barrier is also a big deal. And I've had conversations just recently about this. So the biggest priority in regards to the first interactions, obviously a security threat, we don't have any, any options. 
I mean, there's nothing that we can do against something that has this kind of technology. So if we want to take the high road and say, hey, they're not here to hurt us, I think I think being able to speak to them and have a conversation would be a very, very beneficial plan. I'm going to look at it this way. I think the first priority is going to be to make sure that they are not here to take us out. Because if they do take us out, we're all in for a bad day. We are all in for a bad day. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying, you know what? I don't know if if they're going to be able to teach us any lessons right away. Because the government is going to have to all of a sudden accept some things. Number one, we don't know everything. We don't have the technology capable of doing things. And these ETs, they may demand some things from us. They may. Like, how about stop killing each other? How about little things like you have hungry people and people who have dirty water in Flint, Michigan? How about we get people clean water? Here's how you do it with sustainable energy that is non-polluting. By the way, don't try and shoot those missiles at us because our toys are much bigger and stronger than yours. So you can play with us and be one with us or, you know, we can do this the hard way. I think there's going to be a lot of eye-opening, a lot of butt-kissing, and a lot of fear, right? Oh, agreed. Mennonite Abe wants to know, Dave, do you think the Wilson documents are real? camera too i love that camera too man you just swapped over and i was like oh yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah man camera two. First time i've had two cameras going in the studio but camera two uh goes to mennonite abe do you think the wilson documents are real look i don't know if they're real i don't know if they aren't but what i do know is that everybody i've talked to see here's my conundrum with the wilson documents that story was supposed to be broken on this show. And we got, lack of a better term, not to go into something, because I've forgiven the person who, who did this. All right? But we got screwed. So I purposely refused to do anything on the Wilson documents. Refused. Even hated it when it came up in conversation. Didn't want to know, don't care. You know, and, and that's one of those things. Look, there's a business side to what we do. And part of that business side is, look, don't screw me on a story when you promise me and my listeners a story. But we got screwed on it. So I'm not as familiar as to what is in the Wilson documents as I possibly should because my own ego has not allowed me to. How's that for honesty? But I will say this, the people I talk to, they are very, very happy that these have been sworn in as evidence. Very, very happy that they've been sworn in. And if they're happy, I'm going to assume that I should be happy about this too. I really, really do believe that. What do you think, Grant? So I ended up, because I'm not as up to date with the documents i've heard many times about them i literally just pulled it up the actual documents i'm looking at them right now and some of the things i am reading in here if you know these are 
they sworn these in. This is uh, some very interesting stuff talking about UFO crash retrievals and entities within governments outside of it. Like if this is real, that's your disclosure. I mean, that's an old disclosure, but nonetheless, it's pretty heavy. I'm going to, I'm looking at this and it is, it's actually giving me pause. And I think uh, I'm, I got to quit looking at it because <laughs> uh, I'm going to get stuck trying to read the whole thing while I'm talking to you. But uh, yeah, no, I'm going to actually do that here after a little bit. Uh, once I get off the air, I'm going to dig into that and and then ask me again on another show and I'll give you a good, honest answer for it. Well, you know what? It's it's one of those things that we got about a minute to go here. The Wilson documents are are very controversial. And it's very, very interesting that in this case that they got sworn in as evidence for the U.S. congressional hearings when they haven't been proven. They have not been proven. Okay, we are going on hearsay and conjecture regarding this topic. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Don't quote me on that. If they are true, we need to know. We absolutely need to know how true they are. But this is one of those things where... Unless he gets immunity, Admiral Wilson is going to deny, deny, deny that this ever happened and that this conversation ever took place. When we come back in hour number two of Spaced Out Radio, we're going to continue with your questions regarding UFOs today. Are we ready? Are we ready for mainstream UFO talk? It's what we're doing tonight. Host of After Hours. Grant Baker is here, should say co-host. We're going to get some more questions from you coming up in hour number two on Spaced Out Radio UFO Talk all night long. Let's have some fun tonight, shall we? So far, so good. All right, I am way behind in the chat room again by about 20 minutes here. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm going to whip through the chat room, and if I have it, Elena, you're next on the uh, question list, but if I haven't got to your question yet, uh, please repost it when we come back, because I don't want to miss any of them. We're going to try and get them all in, guys. We're going to try. Hey, there's Lars Janssen from Lulea, Sweden, wearing number 14 in your program tonight. Welcome, Lars. And Jazz Ramblings, thanks for coming on in. Mr. Catfish, good to see you, my friend. And uh, let's see here. Lots of questions in here. Holy cow. Uh, Guillermo, <laughs> bonjour. How are you, my friend? Been a while. The awesome cat chaser. Always a pleasure to have you here. Truthertainment. Uh, keep up the funniness, man. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Blues in G. Welcome back. Uh, that brings me to 941. Let's see here. Um, I'm just going to start right from the beginning. Screw it. The Gorgeous Ryan. How are you, Gorgeous Rin? Mystics Walk. Gina Ryan Bearfighter. How are you? Welcome to SOR Chat. The lovely Judy of Gaul. And uh, let's see. Laura Sosa looking lovely tonight. Peter, Terry Brown. How you guys doing? Body Tech, good morning to you. And let's see here. Uh, Goth White, thanks for coming on in. Bill H., good to see you. Ralph G., welcome to SOR Chat. Mm-hmm. 
And, well, hey, sometimes you got to be able to admit the ego. Uh, that's right. Let's see. Who else is here? Uh, all right. Evan already misses the, the camera angle. Son of a gun, Ev. Here we go. There you go. Boom. There you go. You just change it like that. This is a whole new, all new to me. I just figured this one out earlier today. So that's good. Black Dragon, Semper Fi to you, my friend. Hey, uh, uh, Terry Hall, good to have you here, buddy. And uh, I'm going to just scroll back down. I'm just going to take a quick washroom break. I'll be right back. Grant, you say hello to everybody. You're watching the chat room. Thank you for letting me know that I was just sitting there talking to myself for the last minute. That was awesome. <laughs> Enzo, you're awesome. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, that's funny. Uh, okay, Chris Tyne. Let me let me tell you something. So Chris says uh, Grant wants to be muted so that he can burp without us hearing. He says, just kidding. I've done that three times since this show started. I'm not even joking. So <laughs> anytime you see me mute myself, it's either I'm coughing and realistically I drink, uh, this is lime juice and soda stream. And so I drink a lot of these and it, I literally hold the button down to get as much of that in there. So after every one of these, watch me mute my mic. Jazz ramblings. Good to see you right on. Evan Walters. <laughs> uh, one of these days, I'll just do that and uh, not mute it for you. How about that? Oh, that's so funny. Muting is good for all kinds of sounds. Yep. Cat Chaser. Welcome to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Gina Ryan. Bear fighter, let me do this. I'm going to look like an idiot while I'm squinting my eyes. Oh, oh, there's words. Hey, Black Dragon, how you doing? It's good seeing you. Mystics walk. So back when I was probably 12, between 10 and 12, I could do it. A, B, C, all the way to Z with about three intakes of air. Indian tonic and lime. Good choice. Good choice. See, I just slide right in now. I just don't have to go around and bump shit anymore. Uh, by, the way, awesome? by the way, thank you to uh, everybody who's listening in that's in the Commonwealth. Happy Victoria Day. And to our veterans down south, happy Memorial Day to you guys. And a special thank you to everything that you guys do. Uh, do us a favor. Repost your questions. 
I'm, I'm way behind in the chat room due to the way the chat is moving so fast tonight. But let's make this happen. Let's have some fun here. And uh, it's all about you guys tonight. Whatever you're asking, Grant and I are here to answer your questions and hopefully provide a little bit of insight. Big thank you to Eddie, D. Cohen, and Smithy for the super chats tonight. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on uh, on each and every night here on the show. So thank you so much. And uh, we're going to get going here. You will notice El Avni Voldador t-shirts like that. You can get at our website, spacedoutradio.com. We've got a bunch of cool swag for you. Here we go, everyone. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for tuning us on in. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Galoon. Galoon is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as a clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok, at Spaced Out Radio. Yes, I see the messages coming in on the chat room tonight. Happy birthday, Dave. It's not my birthday for another hour and a bit here, at least on the West Coast, but thank you so much for the warmth and and the love that you guys give us on a nightly basis. So thank you so much for the warm wishes. I very much appreciate it. Grantavius, the Grandmaster Grant, the mustache-wearing Grant Baker from After Hours here where he's a co-host with our After Hours show that plays on our YouTube channel on the weekend. We're taking your questions. What is happening with UFOs and the mainstream today? And Grant, we're going to start off with Elena's question here. Thoughts about ultra-terrestrials and frequency manipulation with laser technology to allow for transmedium and interdimensional travel. Holy cow! This is yep. dropping the gloves on the entire subject right now. <laughs> uh, the inter- interdimensional uh, it's a travel device. Uh, the Sazer, I'm still trying to get into La- this one. Laser. Uh, it's a spelling yeah, it's it, Well, it's the laser technology, but if, so there's, look up Sazer as well. Is, so is then it I, Sazer? I'm, I'm Did I get it. that wrong? Oh, I did. It, it, sh- it should be a vibrational thing. or, or wait, Okay. Wait, so let's, let's See, learn that's... here. Sazer technology is a device that emits concentrated, highly focused sound waves. The Sazer is the sonic equivalent of the laser and is often referred to as the sound laser or acoustic laser. Sazer beams concentrated sound in terahertz range. Oh, my goodness. Where's Science Bob when you need him? 
That's exactly it. This is this is one of those things where I'd love to dive into it. I just haven't had time recently. I've I have heard of this. Unfortunately, I have no idea how it works yet to wrap my head around it to give an informative answer on this. And to be honest with you, I don't even know what we're using the technology for that's already been created. So it's it's one of those things where this is a very good question, and it's one I'm probably going to take a picture of so I can answer later as well. Kick off summer with great deals at Academy Sports and Outdoors. Take up to $100 off grills and patio furniture. Get kids' bikes starting at $59.99 and get 25% off Hydro Flask drinkware. Shop your store or academy.com. Deals end May 30th. Exclusions and restrictions apply. See academy.com slash disclaimers. Protect your financial future with Oxford Gold Group. Investing in precious metals like gold and silver can can provide you with the peace of mind that you can't find in today's unpredictable stock market. Call 833-928-GOLD to get started today. Well, you know what? Here, Here's the thing. The word ultra-terrestrials was first brought up uh, one of the first times by a gentleman named Alan Greenfield in The Secret Cipher of the UFO Knots, a book that came out originally in 1994. And if you're in this subject... Um, you really, really need to read uh, Alan Greenfield's book. And we're going to try and get Alan on here very soon once again because he is just an amazing, amazing work of knowledge when it comes to this. Look, the, and he believes that everything is ultra-terrestrial. doesn't matter where you're coming from. The word ultra-terrestrial mm-hmm. means aliens. It means from the future, from the past, from the inner Earth, from other dimensions, and everything along those lines. So this is where the word ultra-terrestrial probably plays out a little bit better than extraterrestrial and and everything that uh, kind of plays along with it. The idea behind the technology, I apologize. I am not a, a scientist by any words of the means, and I really do not want to uh, comment on something and sound like a fool because I don't know what this is. If Science Bob was here, we could totally, totally um, uh, break this down. We totally could. But as far as interdimensional travel, there are many people who believe we already have that technology that we have received from reverse engineering extraterrestrial aircraft and wherever they are from, the future or wherever. There's a lot more to this. I mean, remember, it it was Ben Rich, the former head of Lockheed Skunk Works, who in the early 90s stated, we already have the the technology to get E.T. home again. And what we are seeing today is from what we have already made. What he's saying by that is they're 80 years into the future on what they are developing right now. So could there be interdimensional travel? Absolutely. I think it is happening. This also gets into, when you get into interdimensional travel, it also opens up the door to the secret space program super soldiers and it opens up the doors to a lot of strangeness a lot of strangeness so that is what we are getting at by the way thank you to dirty filth for sending me a picture of his you know vast amount of chest hair for my birthday i appreciate that dirty filth ah absolutely (laughs) incredible absolutely incredible let us move on here uh 
as we continue on with the show. And I know there's a bunch of questions still out there that we haven't got to yet. I'm going to grab one here momentarily. Uh, lawnmower girl, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck? If a woodchuck could chuck wood, uh, I don't know. But let me ask you this. If you know a woodchuck that would like to be hired for the fall so I could upsell and upstock my, my wood pile for the winter, I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you very much. I really would. All right. Another question from our audience here. And let me get to it here. Um, For some reason, Mystics Walk wants to know, Grant, do you love to belch the alphabet? I don't think that's a... What do you think? I'll I'll let you answer that. Yeah, when I was 12. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's get to Brazelhoff here. Uh, Christoph wants to know, Grant, what are your thoughts on pilots of the 1890 Skyships? Oh, this is a good one. I, You know, the oh, geez, not just the pilots, but the Skyships themselves. Uh, are you familiar with this, Dave? Yes, they, I am. They were wooden ships. <laughs> like they, they were actually like UFOs shaped like wooden ships and stuff. And, you know, I'd be really interested to see what happens with this one. I think what is realistically going on here, hear me out back in the 1890s what did they have what was the most common thing that they were, they didn't have steel ships they had wood ships i think what is going on is they're presenting themselves on what we already know and can kind of um what's the word i'm looking for relate to oh happy happy early birthday dave thank you be I appreciate earth that. day be earth day that's me. I love Kira. She's awesome. Kira <laughs> is one of our listeners. She came to our Vegas party along with her husband, Mark. Two of the greatest people you could ever meet. Honestly. Two of the greatest people you could ever meet. Pure love and energy with them. Pure love and energy. Yep. This is why it's important for people next year listening in to come to our Vegas party. This is why it's very important. is You get to meet and, and share the love of what we do on this show and hang out with us on a nightly basis i want to say something about those ships though dude i really do okay the 1890 ships even before that people were literally reporting seeing wooden ships in the sky with oars moving them Mm -hmm. yep my question is and this is what makes me wonder about the phenomena is why didn't they show them spaceships why are there no reports of spaceships the discs, the triangles. Now, maybe they didn't know how to explain them back then because it would have been such a foreign concept. But why would the aliens show them actual looking like ships that should be in the water with oars rowing them through the air? This is what it, doesn't it, make sense. So, No, it doesn't. Yeah, it's one of those things where I, I've, I've dived into that one just a little bit. And in fact, I heard it on another show with the other Grant and for people that don't ask Grant Cameron, because that's where I first heard about it. And I was like, what in the world are they doing? Because there's so many times where there has been depictions of UFOs in rock and carvings that look like real UFOs. Leonardo da Vinci's painting with a UFO. They've been presenting themselves like, like that for years. And then you get wooden ships with people rowing them or and some of them have lights on them, if I remember correctly. It's been a little bit since I've read that, but it it boggles my mind why they did that. I wanted to say just 
maybe it was the time they thought, oh, we don't want to scare these people, so we're going to show up like this. And I believe that when they talked to them, they said they were from Mars. I may be wrong on that one, but one of our local planets is where they said they came from. And that has changed over time, too. All these have changed the the shape of the ships, you know what they what they're doing, how they react to people. Are they landing? Are they not anymore? It, it's one of those things that we're probably never going to know exactly what went on there. And and I agree with you on that. But it, it just amazes me that if they were seeing ships, why did it change? Why are we not seeing those ships today? Is it because no we're used? You know, to, is it because we're used to seeing what they, what we see in the air with airplanes and everything like that? We don't know. It's one of those little mysteries. Cat Chaser is asking. Years ago, it was said UFOs shut down U.S. and Russian nuclear missiles. Are we safe from North Korea, Russia, and Iran? I would say yes. Yes, not because the aliens are pro-American, okay? I think it's because that from people who are experiencers who've really delved deep into this, if we can believe their words, they have stated that they have been told through channeling, through face-to-face contact and, and, and regression that the, the extraterrestrials will not allow a nuclear war here. They like us. They like this planet. We're still young, relatively young as a species, and we have a lot to learn. And they don't want to see us do something stupid. Therefore, it has been said, I mean, the way they were toying with it was kind of, I mean, that they were playing a game that day. But I, I don't think that they would allow it. I really don't. Maybe I'm being hopeful. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm just uh, being too much imaginative and too much romance for the love of this planet. But uh, that's my opinion. How about you, Grant? You know, I think the show of force with the nukes that they gave us, uh, it wasn't really, and I mean show of force is like, hey, we have the control of this. They've shut them down. They've turned them back on and shut them down again. Uh, even when we have gotten the codes to get back in, turn them back online, they've done it multiple, time, multiple times in one instance. Within however long it takes in a night for these technicians to get them back running, they would get it running, they'd shut them down. There's been a lot of reports that I've heard over local media and, and you know what's going on in the world today that there has been UFOs that have been flying around kind of places like Chernobyl, checking it out, trying to see what's going on there within the last couple of months. You know, radiate or not radiation, but nuclear weapons is definitely something that we shouldn't really be toying with ourselves. And I think they're trying to tell us a, a message saying, hey, you know, you're not just affecting yourselves. You're affecting the whole earth, the people on it, possibly multiple dimensions, possibly throughout the universe. And I believe that they're trying to tell us that's exactly what you shouldn't be doing, just like the kids that saw the, the UFO in the schoolyard. It's about don't be taking yourselves out. Let's get into Evan. Have either of you ever seen a ghost? <laughs> you want to go first or you want me to go first you on go this first. one, bud? You go All first right. on this one. Okay. So the actual physical ghost, I've seen shadow people. 
I don't know if there's a difference between shadow people and ghosts or the shimmering person and ghost. I've had many ghost experiences around me where they have moved things. They have strummed my guitar that was in a closet. They've opened doors, shut doors on me. The one that opened and shut the door was in broad daylight. There was a, my, one of my good friends was there. I did not see the actual ghost itself during the daylight, but I did see the action it took by opening the door fully and shutting it fully to the point where it clicks closed. The thing is, is I believe that there's something going on there. I have seen the shimmering beans, the shadow people. I've seen them as close to me within a foot. I mean, face to face. I've rolled over and there they were. So, yes, I've seen ghosts. <laughs> I have uh, seen numerous ghosts. And everyone in my family has, too. <laughs> SOR headquarters, very haunted. Very really? haunted. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's... I, I will I will mention one ghost story here. And it is absolutely incredible. During a lot of times, what will happen is during the show, I'll, I'll step away and I'll take my dogs outside for a pee or I'll go take a break or whatever. So I go outside during the break and it's just me and I'm staring up at the stars because the northern lights are supposed to be out that night. Mm. And it's just not dark enough. And I have this tree right by. So if you exit my downstairs door. So for people who don't know, I actually have my radio studio in my home and I will walk through and I'll go to the back door, which opens up into my carport. And then if I hang a quick left, it goes right into my backyard. Well, about 15 feet away, 20 feet away, I have this this tree standing there, a, a, a fir tree. And right in front of that fir tree, there is a gentleman standing there, white T-shirt, oh. uh, those light... Uh, those light, light, light blue jeans that people used to wear in like the 70s and 80s and white shoes. And I'm staring at him and I watch him vanish right in front of me. So I did what any man would do. I screamed, right? Because I was startled by that. Happened to have a psychic on that night who connects with him. His name is Richard. Goes by Rick. And she says, do you have an extension on your home? She's in New York. Never been to the studio before. I said, yes. She's like, he just told me that because he can't find his wood area where he used to work on wood. So now I made him a deal. I asked him if he wanted to cross over. He said, no. I said, I'll make you a deal. You keep the bears out of my yard and the cougars out of my yard. And... We'll, we'll be fine. His response was, you know where you live, right? Through the psychic. And I said, yes, but I also have a young boy that I don't want taking his bear food or cougar food. To this day, once, only once, and that happened last summer, I've had a bear come in my yard and knock my garbage cans over. I leave my garbage cans filled to the brim until garbage day outside. And there are bears walking all over this area. Like right now, there could be a bear in my yard. Wouldn't know. Right? But only once has my stuff been knocked over. He's held his end of the bargain. It's very cool. Peter is asking, have you seen the footage of a city in the clouds? It was an optical distortion, but wild to see. I have seen that. 
Mm-hmm. It's very weird. And if you ha- if you want to see it, go on YouTube. Just type type in "City in the Clouds." I don't know if that's optical distortion or somebody who's really creative with CGI, but it is phenomenal. What's your thoughts on that? You know, that's that's actually something that was way back when too. That's been a while since I've heard about that, and I've seen the videos or not the video, but the still frames, and it's it's pretty majestic looking. I remember that it's it's like a holy city in the sky with cathedrals and huge. I mean, it's it is epic looking. I've heard different stories about people saying that was kind of a look in another dimension. Well, I don't know who you are, but if that's a look in another dimension, I want to go check that place out. Whether it's real or not, I don't know. It, it, some people say it was an optical illusion. I wasn't there. Uh, if it was real, I definitely wish I would have seen it. Me too. Me, me too. All right, let's go to Jareen, first-time listener in our chat room. Hello, Jareen. In 2019, I had a black see-through screen with white binary code appear in front of my face. I didn't write the code down. Have you ever heard of this happening before? I have. Really? I, I have. Now, a lot of experiencers claim to get binary code when they are having downloads from extraterrestrials. Dun, dun, dun. Downloads from extraterrestrials as as it goes. And a lot of them, you know, because the majority of us are not schooled in binary code. We're not. I have no clue what it is. All right? I, I just, I'm like the majority of people. It's a bunch of ones and zeros. And how you translate that, I have no friggin' clue. But I will say this. A lot of experiencers have had that happen. So you're not alone as we move forward here on the show. And it happens. Dun, dun, dun. New camera angle right there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm loving this. Guillaume, good good French-Canadian kid right there. In the Bible, ETs are described as like the son of man in spaceships, like column of cloud by the day and column of fire by the night. This is mm-hmm. true. But it all depends mm-hmm. on who is deciphering the Bible, because mm-hmm. many scholars, many religious people, many reverends and priests and, and pastors and everything, they all have their own translation to what the Bible says. What do you think, Grant? Oh, I, I love it that, that he brought this up. And when I was, you know, I went to church, you know, my family are God-fearing people, and we were we would read the King James Version. When I got to Ezekiel, and I I listened to Ezekiel 1, and all you got to do is anybody that has any kind of Bible, just go to Ezekiel 1 and read exactly what he comes across and what comes to him and the the sounds of a thousand Russian waters. So you have column of cloud by day and a column of fire by night. Well, when you have Ezekiel saying there's four wings, four heads, four wheels, and when it looks this way, it turns that way, and it lands in front of him, and an angel gets out, and on the robes of the angel, there's a little, like, fire. Well, you've never seen an LED light. Those were probably lights of some sort. The sounds of a thousand rushing waters is rocket engines. It, I love how how close extraterrestrials get 
when coming to religious things, especially with the Bible, it, it just blows me away. And it, you don't even have to read through the lines or between the lines. You, it's right there in black and white. I love it. Me too, man. Me too. We have about 20 seconds here before we got to go to break. At the bottom of the hour, show is flying on by. We are taking audience questions right to the top of the hour. And Grant Baker from After Hours, one of the co-hosts of our YouTube After Hours show, hanging on out with us, impressing us with his very stylish lip blade that he calls a mustache. We're very glad to have him here as well. Great questions, by the way, from our audience tonight. Thank you so much for participating with us. We will get to many more questions as we come back from the mighty SOR in hour three in the top of the hour. Of course, the Swamp Dweller will be back. Fedora John will be here. Lots more happening on Spaced Out Radio when we return There we go. Right. Uh, let's see here. Why do aliens prefer mozzarella sticks or onion rings? <laughs> I got to catch up in the chat room again. I'm way behind again. Hot damn. 211, 212 people watching us right now. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Hi, gorgeous Gloria. How you doing? If you're uh, watching along and you haven't uh, said hello in the chat room, come by and say hello. Hello there, gorgeous Marie. How are you? GPG Space Cadet, welcome back. And who else is joining us here? <clears throat> you mind if I go use the restroom real quick? How long do we have? Uh, go ahead. We got like four minutes. All right. I'll uh, be right sweet back. Tony D, good morning to you in the UK. I has, welcome back. Lunar Sparkles, a.k.a. Tina, how are you? Let's see here. Who else is here? Wait, Dave's background is different. Yes, Dave upgraded the background. Got some uh, dirty filth art up here. Right behind me, the on-air sign. My favorite deck of tarot. That right there is my a bottle of Night Train from the Guns N' Roses song Night Train. I have a... Hold on. You can see my orb right there in my Spaced Out Radio toque. Uh, I got a gnome in a cage. Oh, there's, there's the radio gnome. And then right here is my jailed... Welcome to Seaspire Country, home of Unlimited with cash back. Use less than 2 gigs of data a month, and we'll take $10 off your next bill. And that's on every line. So four lines could save you 40 bucks every single month. Unlimited data when you need it, cash back when you don't. Seems right, seems fair, and only Seaspire offers it. So stop paying for data you don't use and switch to life in Seaspire country. It's just like the rest of the country, only a few steps ahead. See Seaspire.com for details. It's another hurricane season. And right about now, residents are busy fortifying their nests against damage. This year, they're preparing with flood insurance. They've learned it's the extra layer of protection that prevents them from paying out of pocket or pouch for costly repairs. 
You too should trust your instincts this season. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov. There's my Carl candles with a shark in between them and a gnome behind them. This is Dirty Filth's art of a sports model. This was a present to me for my first night on the air. It's called Dark Matter Beer. This is an actual um, uh, can of... uh, of, uh, What do they call that? uh, It's like a Red Bull. Except it's made straight for the for uh, the Playboy Mansion. Uh, so my friend who was there brought me home a can of that. And then this here is my part of my bookshelf, as you can see up here. Sorry, right where the hell am I going? Right there. And then this right here is my Butch Witkowski piece of art from Dirty Filth uh, that says, "Catch you later, Dave." Right there. So that's what that is. On this side, we have... Hold on. Let me switch cameras here. Okay. So now i got to go this way. So there's my Bigfoot t-shirt. There's my uh, favorite Guns N' Roses concert shirt right there. This here, right here... Well, that's a sticker that fell down of Area 51. And that's my Guns N' Roses headband... And along here is my hot sauce bottle collection. So that's what I got there. Yeah, Grant tried to act all tough with his uh, hot sauce bottle collection the other day. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, I spanked him silly on it. I did. <laughs> let, me, let me just tell everybody something here about Dave's hot sauce. So I was pretty proud because the, the fortunate thing about me and hot sauce is I eat it too quickly. And Dave has an epic collection of hot sauce and i mean i probably got 15 bottles that is nothing nothing compared to what dave has and the funny thing is is i wanted to be a little flip about it and be like dave when you get hot sauce you're supposed to eat it bud (laughs) i had uh homemade taco soft tacos tonight i I was mixing hot sauce together mixing Yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. It was oh, beautiful. I'm going to have, I got a surprise for you coming. You just wait, bud. Yeah. I, I actually, I might, I might, I might buy two of them as insanely expensive as it is just so I can, I can, we can be on a video chat and try it together. We will YouTube it. We will YouTube awesome. it. Yes. All right. Let me get back to the original camera angle here. There we go. All right. uh, Let's quickly say hello to Mark Sanchez and to uh, the gorgeous Gene Beckett. Uh, Bama, boom to you, the gorgeous one. And who else is here? We got like uh, uh, 15 seconds. Michael Fontaine, thanks for joining us. Leith, welcome to SOR Chat. Thank you for joining us. And uh, do me a favor, everyone, put your questions in capital letters so we can get to them, okay?
the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate burning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone tuning us in wherever you are. Reminder to you that you can check out all of our archives for free, including... Uh, this show tonight, once it goes to archive at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio, do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show and on TikTok. At Spaced Out Radio, we continue on tonight with your questions. UFOs in the mainstream, are you buying it? Are you not? Grant Baker, one of our co-hosts from After Hours, is here with us tonight talking about this. How you doing, Grant? Doing pretty good, man. I'm enjoying this show. This is absolutely awesome. I love the flow of it and the fact that we have the audience in the chat rooms involved through the whole show. This is this is a pretty standout one for me. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. We're having a lot of fun here with everybody here going on tonight. SP903, new to our chat room. Aliens didn't stop Hiroshima or Nagasaki, nor the hundreds of thousands of nuclear tests, detonations up until now, so why would they stop anything? Well, from what I have learned, and look, I'm not saying this is true or not. I'm just going by what I was told, so don't bank on this. The people who have had connection since we came into the nuclear age have basically stated that the extraterrestrials do not want to see a nuclear showdown here. It's okay to have the toys, but to use the toys is a different thing. Now, you got to realize, every time one of those bombs went off, it sent mega signals into space. You know, that explosion, that sound is still traveling. You know, it's 50 or make that 70 years into space right now. So it's probably about to hang a left over Albuquerque, you know, (laughs) somewhere up there. But nonetheless, that's just what I've heard. I'm not saying it's true. Don't quote me on it. But people who have, have channeled this do believe that that's the way it's gone down. Let's go to Tony in the United Kingdom. Good morning to you, Tony. Hey, Dave, what's your thoughts about Lou Elizondo? being advisor on UAP for the space agency. Oh, let me tell you, Dave has words about this. We knew Elizondo was a government contracted employee. Okay. We knew that it was going to be something with UFOs. And the fact that now the space agency, AKA the United States space force, has hired Elizondo as a consultant regarding this shouldn't be a shock to anybody. What is really cool about this is we are now learning that the United States Space Force is looking into extraterrestrials and UFOs. Should we be any surprised by this? People, we were saying this when Donald Trump as president, love him or hate him, set up the Space Force. Who is the enemy they were going after? Right? This wasn't about satellite fighting. The Air Force and the Navy were already taking care of that. They didn't need another Space Force for it. Look, I've, I've believed since the beginning, and I may be way too loo and woo, get that? Loo and woo about this. 
But I have maintained since the beginning that the Space Force was all about ET contact and all about extraterrestrials. Had nothing to do with satellites or, as Ted Cruz put it, space pirates. Remember that? Who the hell are space pirates? Are the Iranians all of a sudden going to take one of those those wooden boats that you're going to row in the sky that they were seeing in the 15, 1600s and the 1800s and all of a sudden go up into space? Hey, let's go play with and smack our oars against some satellites here. No, no, that's not happening, right? I have stated from the beginning, and I still believe this, and I don't think I'm wrong. That Space Force was all about UAP and potential extra or ultra terrestrials. How about you, Grant? Yeah, when it comes to the Lou Elizondo, the Space Force, the Space Agency, when they actually made the Space Agency, I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was really surprised. And they, yeah, this is what we're doing. I was like, yeah, okay, so where do I join? I would like to be a part of that. Can can I sign up? I know I'm probably a little too old, but I you know I'm, I can run. I can I can float in space and meet this stuff. When it comes to why they built it, I have a feeling that we were going to be told something happened in the government, and they decided not to give us the whole truth. I thought I I was really hoping that one person in particular was going to just let out the juice on it, and it never came around. Whatever it's going to be, hopefully they're doing the right or making the right choices and doing the right things. If it's contact with the aliens, that's great. I would, that's perfect because at the same time, they're getting some jobs done trying to filter it down and get us ready for what we're ready for or what we're not ready for. As for Lou Elizondo being an advisor on the UAP for the space agency, heck yeah, dude. Why not? Like, I would love it. I, I'm, I'm on the uh, Lou Wu train, so to speak. I, I love the guy. He's got a nice place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Now, behind me in studio for our radio audience, uh, I, I've reset up the audience, and, and there's a picture of El Avni Volador on a T-shirt. Okay? And Elena, who's new in the chat room, she's like, is that a Luchador shirt? You know, that is awesome. I'm, that's not just a Luchador shirt. That is El Avni Volador a.k.a. the flying UFO, okay? The guy is a jerk who who uh, is El Avni Volador. I've met him a few times. Him and I have gone back-to-back and scrapped a few times, you know, here in the studio and outside the studio, okay? He's not a nice man. He's rude to the audience. He's rude to the guests. He's definitely rude to me, all right? But you know what? He put his own shirt up on the store. It's a hot seller. So you just got to go to spacedoutradio.com and check it on out. Get your L. Ovni Volador shirt. Guy's just an idiot. Can't stand him. Can't stand him. Oh, I heard he he kicked you off the air once and uh, took over the the show for a while. Kicked me off the air a few times. You know know what? I'll I'll tell you how I kept him out of Las Vegas. Okay? (laughs) I will tell you how. Because he was going. I had rumors that he was going to Vegas. I actually had to call the police in Vegas to say, look, this El Avni Volador idiot, he's a stalker of mine. He's somebody, you know, at any time he could walk behind you and hit you with a steel chair or a foreign object. I don't want this guy here. I don't want the guy here. 
right? And thankfully, they accepted it. And that's how he didn't show up in Vegas. It would have been epic to see him meet uh, Superman, though. <laughs> it would have been cool, wouldn't it? All right, let's get to Gloria's question. Will Mr. Luis Elizondo come over and give us the inside scoop of what's happening? Uh, Gloria, I think he has given us the inside scoop the entire time. The entire time. But nobody has caught on. Not a soul has caught on to what he is doing or what he is saying. And this is why I tell people, go back and listen to the uh, to the interviews he has done. It's filled with Easter eggs. The people who criticize Lou Elizondo, and look, Elizondo deserves criticism just like everybody does. I deserve criticism for my show. Grant deserves criticism for his show. Everybody deserves a critique, whether you like it or not. And if you don't like it, tell us why. Elizondo is not above criticism. He knows that. But he also has to protect himself and his family by the commitment that he made by signing the non-disclosure agreements. But if you listen and read between the lines of what he is saying, there is a plethora of information there. A ton of information. The problem is we have been too lazy as a society, myself included, to go through every interview that he has ever done and wash it and make those words in between the lines come to fruition. Exactly. I I couldn't have said that better. And I'm going to say one more thing. I think somebody out there, I don't know if anybody's on it yet, needs to make a library of every single YouTube podcast anything that he's ever been on in chronological order and uh get that get that out there that'd be great it'd be really long but it's that would be something i would binge watch and listen to right right so let let us see here and uh as we move forward i'm having fun with this tonight we may have to continue it yeah, we may have to continue it right through, and maybe John will join us, maybe not. But let let's let's just push push the envelope here a little further. Okay, should people be surprised that Luis Elizondo is a government contractor? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I I wasn't surprised. Realistically, a lot of the, the whistleblowers that are out there, and I'm I'm not saying he's fully a whistleblower, but. A lot of them out there are from the government. I mean, that's where the information is going to come from. He's a spook, but at the same time, you just watch his body language. And every time I've watched him, I get that idea. It's like this guy, yes, he has the NDAs, but he has had an experience. I would almost stake my life on it, if not one, but many and so coming out of that type of field, it doesn't surprise me at all. Very true. Very true. I, I'm not surprised he's a government contractor. Number one, I've known for a while. But mm -hmm. the guy, you know what? 
what we forget about Elizondo is we put because he is so popular, we forget that he's not a rich man. He's not mm-hmm. somebody with millions in the bank that he could go around and play UFOs. This is a guy who still has a mortgage to pay, still probably has car payments. Maybe he has some tuition for his daughters to pay off because they went to college and he's an honorable dad because that's what us dads do. All right. Maybe he has uh, a retirement savings that he wants to add into besides his, you know, government pension that he will get. All right. There's a lot going on in this. And sure, he may be making good money as a contractor. Most contractors are making six figures, not high six figures, but low six figures. Okay, that 100000 to 400000 mark, whatever it may be. But that's why they get into that, for the money. And I have no problem with the guy having a paycheck, putting a few bucks in his bank account, you know, maybe, uh, you know, taking the, the aliens out for lunch, whatever it may be. Imagine, though, hey, we don't know his finance. I mean, look, there was a documentary that went into his financial situation, All right. I didn't pay much attention to that part. All right. Maybe I should go back and rewatch it and pay attention. But you know what? For many of us out there, we still need to work. Look at me, man. Look at you, Grant. Yep. Right. We still have daytime jobs. Sure. Sure. We are, uh, you know, moonlighting as radio show hosts, but we are still literally having to work to pay the bills. And in this economy right now, it's tough to pay the bills for many of us. But we got to keep pushing, got to keep pressing. And Elizondo is just as human as all of us. We don't. He doesn't have that NFL contract. He doesn't uh, get paid, you know, twenty-five million a year like a major league baseball pitcher. We're chasing UFOs, and there's not a lot of people signing paychecks to chase UFOs except the U.S. government, from what we know. So I have no issue with him grabbing a paycheck off of this. I really, really don't. How about you, Grant? Couldn't agree more. I mean, that was beautifully said. He is just a man, and that's one of the reasons why I like him so much. Going back in and doing his thing, yeah, he needs to make money. I mean, we all got to do it like you're saying. It's it's not a one-person economy anymore. It takes two, and if he's doing it by himself, then he's got extra work on his shoulders that he's got to to take care of yeah he's he's going in the right direction and i think he's you know doing what he knows how to do best he's going to take care of his family number one and number two he's going to continue being who he is behind the scenes with what he loves to do he's pushing it for a reason because he believes in it and with that belief he's going to help us out the greatest and however he sees fit and i'm happy to watch it well, I, I'm exactly interested in watching it fold out, too. Look, if he is working for Space Force, mm-hmm. which it sounds like he is, and he is someone who can now focus that information, imagine how much more privy he'll be to information now on the other side. How much more would does his contract allow him as a private citizen 
hired under contract to talk about it. There may be loopholes he can get around. There just may be. I don't know. I'm hopeful, but I don't know. You know, there's also the interesting fact that he got back in there. If they're trying to disavow you or trying to hide your emails and do all this other stuff to say, no, 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 you know, it was very telling what happened to him. And he had to get a lawyer and go and and fight them on it. And then after all the hubbub and humdrum, look where he's at now. And that's very telling as well. Absolutely. 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 Oh, what's being cooked in the microwave right now, Grant? I, you know, I don't know. Is that a hot tea? (laughs) Uh, Maybe some biscuits? A scone, maybe? If I told you the truth of what it was, (laughs) I believe it's salt water, and my wife just got a new nose ring, and she has to clean it, and it is salt water. Salt water. She warmed up so she could put the little Q-tip in and clean up, and she just gave me the thumbs up. (laughs) Nice. Very, very nice. You know, uh, Alien Critter says, I know Dave dislikes the counterintelligence argument, but Lou's job was counterintelligence. How could anyone believe someone that attempts to change and control the narrative? Look, uh, this is a good question. This is a very good question because since the start of To The Stars Academy, I have been one of the first people to say, don't by the narrative, follow the narrative that has been laid out. The narrative was complete media control of this subject. That is very truthful. That started with Carrie DeLong, Tom DeLong. Es como si los niños estuvieran hechos para vivir en el agua. Saltan, salpican y nadan. Como si nunca tuvieran que salir del agua para respirar. Si tan solo eso fuera verdad, año tras año, el ahogamiento es la principal causa de muerte en niños pequeños. Por eso, a menos de que los niños se conviertan en peces, las clases de natación, las cercas y la supervisión ayudan a mantenerlos seguros. Visite PoolSafely.gov para más información. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Young sister who was ma- being paid over $100,000 a year to not return messages of the media. Okay. And I'm not just talking mainstream. I'm talking, we put in alone 15 different requests to the To The Stars Academy, and all 15 were denied, including one where they asked us for questions. All right? This whole narrative started with the TTSA. This is why, okay, outside of very few people, we were the first ones, and you can go back in history and listen to our tapes from October of... 2017, we were the first ones to say, why is anybody accepting a pressless press conference? I know other people have brought that up and have now jumped on that bandwagon, and good for them for doing it. Good for them for doing it. But that's the truth. That's where my red flag started with the narrative. Because here's the thing. You control the media, you control the message. And that's why we got three and a half years of Russia, China, Russia, China, 
drones, Russia-China drones, Russia-China aerial threat phenomena. This is why we got that. Because the U.S. government couldn't come out and say, we know it's alien. They couldn't come out and say that. They needed, in their opinion, to break it down slowly. Look, I'm not saying that we should discount Elizondo being counterintelligence. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is we need to read between the lines of what he is saying to figure out what is real and what isn't. And he has dropped a number of Easter eggs out there to to give us enough clues of the realities of what's happening. He can't come out and admit, due to his NDAs, what is going on. Okay? It's like an NHL player or an NFL player detailing what is are the specifics of their contract. They can't come out and tell you that they're not allowed to water ski, go bowling. Okay? They're not allowed because their contract could be null and void. It's the same thing with Elizondo, except his, uh, how can we put this? His uh, ass could end up in jail if he breaks the NDA. His financial status could be ruined, same as his family's. Okay, I'm not trying to hide behind Ele- or, or pin Elizondo behind his NDA, but that's the reality to it. And this is what frustrates people. Yes, he is counter-intel. Yes, there is a game being played. Yes, he could be playing the entire UFO field. Not as bad as some of his critics are saying that he is. But I could tell you from talking to people within his community that I have got to know personally, they admit to me that he is being as stand-up as possible with this. You don't have to believe it. I don't have to believe it. But that's the word on the street that I'm getting from people that are very reputable in this community. Now, it's easy to say, well, if they're friends of Elizondo, how can you trust their word? Well, then we keep going down the rabbit hole. I have never, ever said anything that we shouldn't ask him questions. I have always said on this show that Elizondo needs to answer some tough questions. He does need to answer a lot about the NDAs. When we have interviewed him, we have tried to bring more of a personal aspect out of him. You look, go back to our first interview, 26 minutes in to the show of our first interview with him back in February of last year. We pretty much got him ask or talking about extraterrestrials and whether or not he's seen one. Has Lou... The human, Lou the person, not the intel guy, ever seen gray aliens. And And he laughs and he says, Lou the person has seen some very interesting things. That's We know what he's talking about. Because that's the subject matter of the question. Now people will say, oh, he didn't answer that question. Sure he did. Read between the lines. I wasn't asking him if, he, if he's ever sailed a boat in the Bay of Fundy. Well, <laughs> right? I was asking him, have you seen that? And he answered, yes, I've seen some interesting things. That's all you need. That is reading between the lines, people. That is what I get at. 
about reading between the lines. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult. You may not want to agree with me, and that is okay. But he is, and the truthful right, he was counterintelligence. And we do have to hold that as a grain of salt to everything that happened. Elizondo pretty much explained what happened in Roswell on the UFO garage. And we'll get into that in the next hour. Grant Tavius, are you going to stick around? Yes. Yeah, he's going to stick around. The lip blade's going to stick around. We're going to hopefully get the fedora-wearing John Hudson in here as well. If he wants to hang on out. We're going to go for it next. Hour 3 of Spaced Out Radio next. I love that question. Alien Critter, I'm not saying you're wrong. And I and I hope you don't take it that way. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. I think you're very right in being cautious with everything. Yep. I do agree. Uh, I do agree with you on that. We do need to be cautious. We've had the wool pulled over our head for decades with government officials speaking bo- out of both sides of their asses. Okay, we've had that. You're absolutely right. But we have to be able to read between the lines and see what he's truly trying to say. Okay? You know, you talk about you watch... that. I'm going to I'm just going to step away for a minute. All right. Yeah, if you watch a lot of the shows that Elizondo's on and how he answers his questions, it is very very telling. You can watch his body language, you can watch how he answers them. You can, he'll even say no and look him or whoever he's talking to straight in the eye and just kind of nod. There's a bunch of little cues that you can pick up. Oh, Donnie Cho, thank you so much, man. You're, it's awesome to see you on here. I appreciate you. Rock on, my brother. And uh, anyways, no, when it comes to Lou... Where he comes from, the background he came from, that's not that's not what I was watching. I heard the hubbub. I heard all that. But when it came to Lou, I just watched the man, the presence. I watched his body language. And I'm pretty good at reading people. And I, I know that he has the NDAs. I know that he's seen things. And he is still a patriot. He's not going to go. He's not a liar as well, as far as I know. I know some of the people that know him as well, or one person that knows him. And realistically, he's just a man, you know, and I don't think he's trying to pull the wool over somebody's eyes or all of our eyes. I think he's just somebody that wants to push the narrative and get us a little closer to the truth. And how he has to do that is how he has to do it. Oh, hey, World Bigfoot Radio. What's up, Duke? It's good seeing you, my man. Look at that, everybody. Duke. <laughs> well, Alien Critter, you are ready for the truth just as well as I am. Everybody in this chat room or anybody that's read books or is interested in UFOs are ready for the truth. I do understand the term that the world is ready for it. There's going to be definitely people that need to be ready for it whether they like it or not and i understand that 100 percent. 
the deal with the well it's not even the deal the problem is is you're going to get a lot of those people that are just going to be 100% dramatic and over the top about all this there's going to be pandemonium i agree with you i what i think should really honestly happen is is not drop it like a bombshell but hurry up with the drips start opening the faucet a little faster and let's just start getting this ball rolling because the only way then people are going to be able to handle it is if you just give it to them and not in small drips and let them get used to it because change is hard, but you get used to it. We adapt. Let's see what else we got here. And Steve Wolf, thank you so much for the um, sentiments on my brother. I appreciate you, man. Uh, the oh man. I, I don't want to answer all these questions why we're not on the air. Oh, Chris Tyne, I, I can answer those. I, the most recent one that I've seen was literally last week. Oh, I got a bunch of feedback. And those right. Time to rip that Band-Aid off. All right. I love the fact that Alien Critter called me out on that. I do. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great. Donnie Cho, how are you? Noodles, how you doing, buddy? Uh, the Gorgeous Larry, what's happening? Is Fedora coming in? Oh, let me... Uh... I don't know. I don't see him in there yet. We got Swamp Dweller coming up here. Oh, perfect. What's with the gurgling sound? Was there a gurgling sound that I didn't know (laughs) it happened on my end? Han Solo is the first base pirate. We got 30 seconds. Oh, I had some feedback. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Here we go, the third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. 
We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Just do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Galoon. Galoon is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bubblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. I live in the foothills of western North Carolina, near the base of the Blue Ridge Mountains. I used to live higher up in the mountains for a few years and hated it. So I wouldn't say I liked the woods with a burning passion, but yet, I don't hate them, I guess. Recently, I've moved back in with my folks in their cabin surrounded by the woods. The land my family owns stretches across 15 acres of woodland. Now, these are the woods I grew up in, Despite my typical aversion to nature, I feel safe in them. I climbed the trees, splashed in the creek, and played with stick swords when I was a kid. These woods are home to me, except for the area behind the backyard. Our cabin is on a steep hill that slopes down for about a half a mile. Eventually, it bottoms out on a creek down in the woods. The halfway point between the house and the stream is a little patch of woods, right behind the fenced-in area around the house. It's always in the shade, with no thick undergrowth, just trees. Carolina red clay, piles of leaves, the usual. But it feels bizarre down there in a way that I cannot explain. I feel very unwelcome, out behind the house for some reason. And I'm not the only one. My parents avoid it too. Even our pets, past and present, have always steered clear of it. So I will list some experiences that might get my point across better. The first experience was when I was about eight or nine years old, and one summer I thought I'd try camping in the backyard. So I set up my family's new tent and loaded it up with an air mattress and a pile of blankets, copper, my beloved dear stuffy, and some comic books. I wanted to be excited about it, but I felt uneasy even before the sun went down when my mom was helping me set up my little camping trip. The shady patch of woods around the backyard was just weird, but I was a kid. So, I figured, F it. I'm 20 feet from the house, I'll be fine. I got set up for the night, stayed up reading comics, and felt like an outdoorsman. And it had barely gotten dark when I began hearing loud, rhythmic crunching in the woods. Behind the backyard, not too far from where I was, like something big was walking in circles around the undergrowth. We don't have bears in my neck of the wood, 
Besides, whatever it was, it was walking on two legs. It never tried to approach the backyard, even as I sat there with Copper just listening to it. It just kept walking. I barely lasted an hour in that damn tent before running inside and getting into my bed. The second one is a little interesting. My mom's an avid gardener and decided she would put together four or five raised gardening beds in the backyard for herbs and veggies. This was when I was 11, so naturally I was roped into helping. We spent the first part of the day putting them together and getting them started. Then I noticed that we would get edgy and irritable back there. We're best friends and never fight, but we'd be snapping at each other constantly raising that damn garden. I also noticed that the back woods behind our house were deathly quiet for the first time. Playing music or talking didn't make a difference. It was like that kind of silence that pressed in on you, and it's always just exactly the same back there. The beds thrived for a little while, but my mom always asked me to come with her when she tended to them. I thought it was silly at the time. She told me that she couldn't be down there by herself when I got older. She would always wait until I was home from school before checking on them because she felt uneasy and unwelcome. Eventually, we would just abandon the project altogether. The raised beds are still down there, by the way, just rotting away in the undergrowth. Since middle school, I haven't checked on them, and I'm 23 now. This last experience I will share, in my opinion, is the creepiest. The time I asked my mom to cut my hair, we were poorer then, so mom just gave me a nice twice-monthly trim rather than go to a salon. It was late spring and warm, so she suggested that we cut it in the backyard for an easier cleanup. Was I maybe 13 or 14 at this point? I don't really remember correctly, so I'm just going to go with either 13 or 14. So we ventured down. I brought a stool and diligently sat while she cut my hair. Side note, my mom has always cut my hair, so she is very good at it, and she doesn't make mistakes. This is important. As she worked and we talked, I noticed an old familiar feeling of unease. We were not welcome back there. The trees that stood still and shadowy despite the brilliant sunny day just sucked all of the energy away. I remember that it felt cold. Very cold. My mom finished up my haircut and I shook off the extra debris to let her admire her handiwork. She stepped around in front of me, angled my head this way and that, and said it looked good. Three things happened in rapid succession. First, I felt this squeeze of pressure on my lungs like I couldn't breathe. It was such a weird sensation that I froze. All of the uneasiness of the atmosphere pressed in on me all at once. Second, my mom got this odd, vacant look on her face. I remember her smile fading and her eyes going a little glassy like she was lost in thought. And then she reached out with the scissors, still making this blank expression and snipped a deep cut into the skin right above my eye. I freaked out, screaming. I jumped off the stool and backed away. At the same time, she seemed to gather herself again, and she was almost in tears. She repeatedly apologized, not even bothering to take anything with us as we ran back to the house to treat the cut and stop the bleeding. I still have a little scar there, and she's never forgiven herself for it. There wasn't even any hair hanging over my eye, either. I had a pixie cut at the time. So yeah... These are a few weird experiences that make me avoid the backyard now. I haven't even been down there in seven or eight years, but now that I'm living here again, I sometimes investigate the backyard and feel that weird shudder of apprehension. What's the deal? Why don't we feel welcome in the 50 square foot patch of land we own? 
Why is it so dark and quiet in this one spot? I have no idea, but my parents and I work around it and pretend that it's not there. Ah, uh, we love it when Swamp Dweller comes on in for another weird, strange story. That's why we bring him in each and every night here on Spaced Out Radio. You can go support the Swamp Dweller at youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. He's got thousands of stories, thousands of stories coming at you on a nightly basis. So, it is that time once again where we bring in the fedora-wearing John Hudson for the unbiased UFO report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey, guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, whoops. I'm going to leave a note. Oh, gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, GEICO could save you 15% or more. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a karate teacher to trim their hedges. Man, these shrubs are not made of plywood. Don't worry, another few chops should do it. Yeah! Nope! Yeah! Dang! But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Oh, this treehouse looks like particle board. There we go. I'm starting to doubt myself. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. veteran swamp dweller going right into the veteran uh, fedora wearing john hudson of course grant baker is still with us fedora john how you doing buddy i'm doing well dave how about you man i'm doing great i love how you have tucked the microphone underneath your shirt you know actually i I didn't even know if it would work right the only reason why i did it wasn't actually from my comfort i don't really care about that it's because the cable kept uh tickling maui's ear and uh, he was going to actually get off my lap. So basically, that was the only reason why I did it. Um, I don't mind holding it. It doesn't bother me at all. Uh, yeah, no, no, doing good, doing good. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's, it's. Uh, I mean, the times right now are just, um, it's actually a lot of fun seeing, uh, I, I think we're getting more different perspectives of the events than we um, um, than we normally get. You know, I, I think that we're getting more variety of, of opinions and so forth, which, um you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you're any more likely to get the right answer, uh, but um, but you know, it does make for a more open-minded, um, uh, more fruitful discussion. I think. Um, uh, I mean, I like. I even. I, I want to say this with all due respect. I even found myself like getting excited li- listening to Steve Bassett today, and like agreeing with him. And I was like, wow. Like, wow, how'd that happen, right? Because, but he was actually being really reasonable and he was actually saying really, like, smart things. And it's like, wow, this is great. This is like, this is like, you know, it's actually like bringing out some good in some folks. It's, it's nice. What's your opinion, John, on the fact that it has been leaked that U.S. or Lou Elizondo has been contractually working for the United States Space Force? I'm still trying to figure out what Sheehan's angle is because Sheehan's the one that released it. And 
Sheen wouldn't do it just for an outside effort. Um, in my opinion, he would only do it if it was actually um, uh, strategically tied to the case he's working on. And, um, and so that's what I haven't figured out yet. It's, it's, too, it's too soon. But, um, but outside of the motivation, I think it's like, it's one of those things where it's kind of like a, well, thank the gods. I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, give me a break. Like, I mean, how many, I mean, okay, there's probably, you know, five or so people that could do that job, but like, I can't think of anyone who'd be tremendously better than that. And, and, you know, you figure Space Force in space, you know, probably want to have some involvement in, you know, the, the, um, um, oh, I can't remember the name. It's so funny too. Um, uh, Aimsog, uh, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I, to, to me, it was it was kind of like one of those things where it was like it was like a no dub. But I understand why it's causing so much excitement and interest because it does basically lay down a more solid path for what Elizondo's been doing. And there's still been so much confusion about what Lou's been doing. Um, you know, I mean, even among people that um, you know that tend to agree. Like, I was it was really interesting hearing you talk earlier about some of the things and. You know, there, there's still things that you and I are, are far apart on, not not significant things, but just interesting things to me, like like the fact that, um, like, you know, you seem to consider it news and you're not alone. A lot of people did that, um, that there was some confirmation that Lou was a government contractor. And I have trouble with that information because to me, the definition of a government contractor is different than I think what other people's definition of a government contractor is. And as far as I understand it, even if you're contracting through another party, you can still be called a government contractor. And whether you're contracting directly with the Pentagon, you're actually getting your paycheck and your tickets are being held by the Pentagon versus your tickets and your paycheck being handled by a, um, a subcontractor, right? Um, functionally to you, it's not much different, probably easier to do the subcontract, um, make it pay better. Um, but, you know, but the thing is, is that, that that kind of, you know, whether it's one step of variation or not, I don't know. Like, to me, that doesn't matter. To other people, it does. And so that's the other challenge is that a lot of the different interpretations are coming from the fact that different people put different weight on different uh, on different data points. Um, and so, you know, I think that, um, um I mean, ultimately, when you get down to it, one thing I, I one thing I really liked that that uh, Bassett said, and um, I know uh, Elizondo has said something similar, is that um, people need to stop thinking about this as any sort of an event. This was this was a um, this was a warm up. This was the beginning. This wasn't the end, and um, and so you know I think a lot of people you know. I think it's just going to be really interesting to see how some of this stuff rolls out. I mean, you can you can go on so many different points and talk about, you know, different things that happened, like in the hearing, for example. Or, I mean, it's honestly, I, 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 I'm, I'm not really sure we've had a more, like, enthralling time period that I can remember. All right. Let, let's get Grant in here. What, what do you think? Is it news or should it be news that Elizondo has been affirmed as a government contractor working for Space Force. You know, I just find it very interesting that that's what he went for. <clears throat> Based on everything that's been out there pushing and, you know, 
in my mind, it was, I think it's the correct path for him. It, it really shows intent. It shows exactly what he is interested in and how he wants to get his information and what he wants to do for work. That's fine. But I like literally if he had done anything else, I would have been more surprised. Him doing this was just more of a confirmation for me, to be honest with you. And I should add it. This is, well, I take it back. It be, <laughs> I hope not, but this should not be a full-time job. Right. Um, and, and so the thing is that Lou had to be on somebody's books because somebody had to hold his tickets. Right. So, so it, 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 anyone that ever thought that he was not getting paid either directly or indirectly by the U.S. government just simply didn't understand how clearances work because somebody has to hold the tickets and they, they can't just do it for no good reason. They have to actually hire you and, and you have to actually do something for them usually. Um, and so to me, that's like, it, so it is a big deal in that it is Space Force, right? Mm-hmm. It, Space Force is a, is a unique entity uh, on its own, right? But the fact that he's a government contractor, like to me, like he, ha- he always had to have been because he's, he's kept this, and he's been very honest about keeping his clearances um, active. With the role that he has in this Envirus role, my, let me put it this way. If you weren't going to have any, I shouldn't phrase it that way. I was going to say real jobs. Uh, if you don't want to have any f- primary roles and you want to have all advisory roles, then, you know, you can probably take on, you know, four or five, six different groups. Um, whereas, it, you know, if you just really want to only dedicate a, sh- a small portion of your time um, to, to an outside activity, then you're, you know, you're probably looking at, you know, maybe 20, 30, 40% of your time, depending on what's going on and, and so forth. So to me, it's, it's not... It, the Space Force, is, it's, it, it, it's an advisory role, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's not um, – um, my hope is that he's – like what I would hope would happen is that you would end up with a, a, a pool of people, maybe like Elizondo Cahill and someone else, and they would be this like um, 1-800 call number, you know, for basically for the Space Force, for 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 Army intelligence, for for naval intelligence, for for each each group, just so they all have one logical resource, so they're all hearing the same thing, you know, um, you know, the, I I would love that, and um, uh, and and this may be the beginning of exactly that. So when you when you sat there and said someone held the keys, and he went straight from that to Space Force, and I mean, literally, they he had to be asked to get in there, or however he got in there. Well, but my, but I don't think Space Force existed when he first left the Pentagon. Okay, so that I was going to ask if if it was something when they were created. Check that. Yeah, you, yeah. Let's do that because it almost makes sense that he kind of knew he was going in there well beforehand. But the thing is, is it is it um, very very little higher? Okay, think about this. They spun up an entirely new branch of the military, and they didn't have to do much hiring. That's because most of the roles they needed were already filled and being done by incredibly competent, awesome people in places like Air Force Space Command, right? So, you know, all these units existed everywhere else. They were just, they were distributed all over the place. There were these pocket groups all over the place that had these incredible people but they weren't under one. They weren't under one chain of command, gotcha. you know. 
and so so that ends up being a lot of what in many ways it was a it was a reshuffling of existing chairs more than it was i you know i mean now they're probably adding new stuff but um um and there was a lot of stuff that, that no the other people were handling they shouldn't have been handling just because space force didn't exist yet right um and so one space because i mean it's not like this was the first time space force had been suggested although i think it was the first time that name had been suggested um uh but i mean uh, the thing is that even if even if i don't know like like i would be really interested to find out and i don't even know if you could but find out um it, is is danny final from danny are you implying that that's the only agency he's doing this for yeah that's that's a that's a sorry grant i think he's doing it for a number of agencies it would only be, I would hope so. It, it would only be smart to for these agencies to take the guy who ran the program to try and break him down and and have them understand what is going on in the UFO world. All right? I mean, he has that yep. insider information. He still has the connections for what we know in the ATIP program and those who've who've come after him in the last 4 years. We, we feel, or we don't know for a fact, but it sounds very personable that he's a well-respected individual within the ATIP community at the Pentagon, okay? I mean, James Lukatsky spoke very highly of Lou Elizondo, and Lukatsky... And Lukatsky would be another good person, right? I mean, it's not that Lou's the only one. There are other good people, yeah. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if Elizondo and Lukatsky and others have teamed up to make it some sort of board that is strictly about uap based research and knowledge so just real quick um yeah i was correct um space force um was formed in december of 2019 so um um that's you know quite a quite a time after after elizondo uh, departed the pentagon um but the thing is is that you know like for example um there were there were there were there were federal companies that i federal federal con- I don't know what they're called. They're like subcon. It's weird. They're basically they're whole companies, but all they do is do work for the government. And, and and so it's kind of hard to like understand like exactly, you know, exactly what that what that relationship really is. But I mean, essentially, you know, as soon as you leave the Pentagon, you have a, a very short window um, to to basically get someone else to pick up your tickets, and they have to have tickets. Like you get, like if you're an, if you are a company that can have people, you get a number of tickets. Mm-hmm. That's how many tickets you get. So like, so you they may John, not have explain, any tickets, but the my explain point is, tickets. is it, if you go, so t- so tickets are a placeholder for for clearance, right? So so basically, it's it's the the, the it's it, the ticket holder is they're they're kind of like the um, the communication point, um, the the person who's assigned. To the person who works through them, they end up being the contact person. If anyone wants to call about that person's security, I mean, basically, they, they're the so. Like for example, when I was going to get clearance, I was being sponsored by Sandia. Okay, so so my clearance would have come out of Sandia, and so you know, and so it's, it's kind of weird how some of this stuff plays out. Yeah, but it, it's definitely very interesting how it works in the subcontractor. You know, and on that thing. note, we're going to end this segment with a comment from Airman1 in our chat room. Whatever Space Force actually is, we deserve to know what they are up to since we pay them. I would agree with that. And I think they're hunting UFOs. 
That's just me. Others may not agree, but we're here with the fedora-wearing John Hudson, Grant Baker. We continue on with the unbiased UFO report when we return on Spaced Out Radio right after this. Good comment, Airman One. Welcome to SOR Chat, by the way. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate that. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting about the comment is that um, I think I think officially and legally, the U.S. government disagrees. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, of like, you mean take for example the existence of the NRO. The NRO is one of the most expensive. I mean, this is a, this, the NRO got caught because they had they had stuffed away in their in their in their like you know lush fund for rainy days like six billion dollars, <laughs> and and it actually made sense for them because they were turning out so many satellites. And it, was, it actually made sense for them to actually have some kind of flow like that, right? But they actually got got into a little bit of trouble for that, right? I mean, you're talking about an, an obscene amount of money, and that place stayed completely secret until what, like '96? I mean, they turned away a vice president. You know, I mean, it's like, um, you know, the, I mean, uh, so we have a long history of, of us paying massive dollars for things that we will not learn about for 50 years. Right. Or longer. Or longer. Yeah. One of the more interesting discussions that I want to have at some point with someone is the concept that Annie Jacobson um, describes in one of her books of Born Secret. This idea that something can be born secret, and when it's born secret, it is freed from any, any, any declassification procedures at all. It is completely detached from that, completely, forever. And I've, I, I, that's the first I'd heard of it. And uh, I mean, basically, what it means, like all those ones, say, okay, after twenty-five years, it has to be reviewed. These don't even get reviewed. They, they, they can never be declassified, right? Man. I mean, someone could go actively declassify that specific document, but they're not going to get caught up in any sort of automated anything whatsoever because, and the thing is, she's the only one I've, I've ever seen documented. So I, I don't even, you know, I don't even know, but, um, but, um, but I've heard other things that make me think it's true. And those are the kind of things that make me more nervous. Um, and, you know, and one of the things that, that she reports on is that essentially one of the roles EG&G held for the U.S. government was essentially warehousing a lot of those born secret documents that Gosh. basically could never see the light of day. And, um, you know, man, I wish I had the keys to that warehouse, <laughs> you know, and like EG&G is a perfect example, right? Is, is EG&G the U.S. government? No, no. Um, where where exactly do they part ways, though? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's like you know, um, or you even look at like something like um, you know Lockheed or or one of those Raytheon. I mean, it's like at least Boeing, you know, pretends to make other things. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> but they just do it because they they. I mean, let's face it. Where do they make their money? Right. Oh yeah. What in the world am I hearing? 
Now, as a, as a funny side note, um, which we can talk about um, uh, in, in the show if you want to, Dave, is that um, Salvador Pais is, uh, is also at the Space Force. Right. All right, we so got, we got about 90 it, seconds, guys. 90 seconds. Hello, SOR page subscriber. Welcome to the chat. Lowlands Pete, how you doing? Walt Corbin, nice to have you here. Aaron, the original, how you doing, buddy? Uh, Corbinian Courier wants to know, Grant, what does your T-shirt read? Support your support your local cryptids. On air sign is right there, my friends, right there. I may have to move it. It's not looking too bright over there. You know, it really doesn't. See, if I go there, you could see it. It's the lighting here. I gotta mess with the lighting. Here, I can just turn this one on. I'm gonna have to get one of those too. Thank you to Eddie Times too, Jenny, Doug, Kira, D. Cohen, and Smithy for the super chats. Very much appreciate the love, everybody. Whoa, that's not good. Jeez, Grantavius. Here we go. <laughs> Heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate it. Want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. For the final time tonight, the fedora-wearing John Hudson, the Grantavious one, Grant Baker, we are here until we get to Shirky Poo's News for the Unbiased UFO Report. We're taking questions from all of you in our chat rooms tonight. We've been doing it all night long, having a blast doing it. And what do you think? Is UFOs mainstream right now? Is it something that you are talking to your friends about? Is it something that you are picking up in conversation? Whether you're out for dinner, around the workbench, or at a bar, maybe a ball game? Why not? Are you staring up at the skies more because of what is going on? Fedora wearing John Hudson on a mainstream. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a karate teacher to trim their hedges. Man, these shrubs are not made of plywood. Don't worry. Another few chops should do it. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Dang. 
But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Oh, this treehouse looks like particle board. Yeah. There we go. I'm starting to doubt myself. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a scary movie victim. Oh no, a tree fell on my car, and there's only one thing to do. Trip over my own feet and pull myself across the lawn while yelling help at a barely audible volume. Help. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but you filed a claim with Geico, so you've got a designated claims team to help you. This Geico sounds suspiciously reassuring. Are you sure I don't end up getting surprised with an unexpected twist? Just that your Geico team will always be there to keep you updated. No! What is it? Oh, nothing. I just didn't see that coming. Geico. Great service without all the drama. Level, do you think people are starting to take this seriously? They're taking it. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely, I, I, I don't think there's any concern about them necessarily taking them seriously. I think there's, um, what you have is you have, you have a large number of people that were enjoying very intentional cognitive dissidence. Like they basically, you know, had enough reason not to believe that they felt they didn't have to worry about it anymore. And so then as time goes on, more and more people start seeing that threshold crossed where they go, damn it, now I have to, God, I didn't want to think about, it. okay, now I will, okay, fine. And then they start processing it and so forth. And, and you have this kind of, this kind of, you know, slow gradate slope that goes on. And I think, so I think, a, a, a larger number of people are kind of tipping over as we go because for some people it will be you know what they heard Bassett say today. For some people it'll be what they heard Corbell say on on CNN. For other people it'll be what you know what, um, what Gallagher said you know in the Senate. Different people will be tripped by different things, um, and you know it's um, um, it's a lot, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it really is. How about you, Grant? Uh, you know, the fact that it's in social media and it's being broadcast all over the world, you're watching it on CNN, you're listening on all kinds of news stations, you have the government that's getting serious about it. It's it's gearing up, man. This thing's uh, starting to rock and roll. The wheels are spinning, and they're, and we're picking up some speed. It's It's real fun to watch, especially when people haven't seen it before or the people that are like, Oh, I thought that was just like conspiracy theory. No, this is like the government's taking it for real. In fact, they got made fun of one day and they're like, so what are you going to do now? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Aren't you the conspiracy theorist? I said, not really. And they're like, well, you always believe in aliens. And now the government says they're real. Are you going to pick another topic? <laughs> I said, nope. <laughs> I love it. This is, we're on a good roller coaster and I just, I'm going to enjoy the ride for as long as it takes us, and hopefully it goes pretty far for us, my man. I hope so, too. And I want to see where this goes. I want to see how much they're going to open up. Okay? The the initial hearings that we, are, that we saw, obviously, you know, really don't show much. We need to keep that pressure up. We need to be as... You know, even me in Canada here, you guys in the United States, we need to keep up the pressure on both sides of the border with the pol politics and the political parties and remind them that this isn't a a unilateral uh, party decision. This is something that Dave, affects everyone. Dave, what you're saying is, is I think more important a lot of people know because um, uh, Congress, uh, I, love how, I love how Bob says Congress critters, uh, Congress critters are are they um, they're coin operated. OK, 
okay? I don't mean, I mean, yeah, okay, for that way too. But what I mean is that when they do things, they look for results, right? They want to see an effect from the actions they take. Otherwise, they'll take different actions, right? Because they're always looking for that, 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 you know. And so essentially, if we don't, especially the people who are in the districts where, where those, where those Congress critters actually go back home to, right? Those people need to start really putting on a lot of, and I don't even mean negative pressure. I mean, positive pressure, support them, encourage them, you know, um, you know, show them that it matters to you, that it's important to you. Because if, if they, if they don't, if they don't basically, if they're, if their pollsters or whoever they use, don't come back and show that, that, that hearing moved something for them. They're not going to, they won't participate in the next one. It may still, it'll still happen, but that person will have a hard time finding value in it. So what you're saying, Dave, reaching out to these people, it's, it's really, really important because it helps keep that momentum going, you know? Here's a funny story. I'll tell you one personally on this. Last October, when we had the Canadian federal election here, I had the party, one of the parties that I was interested in voting in had this new person come in board, you know, every time somebody wants to put, become an elected official, you know, they come in, they do the tour, they shake the hands. So I asked this person, what's your opinion of UFOs? And he kind of stumbled and bumbled through it. And, you know, I haven't really paid much attention to it. I said, you know, the party you're running for is very interested in UFOs, right? And he says, well, I'm not too sure about that. I, I really haven't met a lot of people. I said, well, I said, do you have an interest in learning about UFOs? So anyways, since there's been a lot of news come out about a member of parliament, Larry McGuire, come out, I emailed him. And I said, I told you, as a voting citizen, when you and I met at such and such a place, where you shook my hand, I told you to be very, very concerned about this subject and learn about it from your elders at your office. I never got a response. So I know that there's a leadership role coming up here, and I'm going to see who uh, my candidate is supporting for their party. And then I'm going to blast them again about UFOs. And if I don't get a response, then I'm going to write to the the head of the party, which is, you know, who controls the the voting for that area or the, you know, I mean, you have to win your constituency in order to run federally. And I'm going to say, fire them. We need to fire them. It's not paying attention. Not paying attention, not getting back to his constituents about the party and about what the party is asking questions about. I want to know why. You're on mute, John. <laughs> there's, there's levels of engagement, right? I mean, like you take um, a, a Gillibrand actually getting involved in actually, I, mean, I don't know how this differs for Canadian, but you know, in, in America, like, you know, there, you can get involved in the actual, like, actual legislative like the real writing of the bills right 
um, you can get involved in in all of the um, um, the, the riling up of, of of support for it and all the negotiations. You can just participate by by being a, a vocal voter of that bill, right? So there's different levels of engagement that you can take, and so it's not to say that anyone has to be all in on on this UFO topic, but they better damn well have an open mind. You know, they better they better damn well have an open mind. And, and the thing is, I think we're starting to see, I was really pleased to see Adam Schiff come out um, in that hearing and, and come out really strong and say some really good things. And, um, you know, he's someone who I've, I've followed for a long time for, on a number of different projects. And, um, you know, this is the first time I've seen him say anything. And he came out like guns blazing. So obviously he was thinking about it before and just wasn't saying anything, you know. And he's a really good person to have involved because of his where he sits on some of the other um, panel uh, boards and so forth, or whatever you call them, committees. Um, so you know, so it, it's not even to say that the, that your candidate has to be, you know, you know, uh, you know, pen paling with Steve Bassett, right? It, it's it's to say that you know, um, you know, have an open mind, engage in some way, you know. Right. I was on mute too. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, when it comes to all the things that are going on in the government, I'm more or less, I took the low road on that one. I quit listening to him long ago when it comes to having like the story you just told us where they're, you know, you, you I told you so you should have been paying attention you know, and then I read in the comments where everybody's like, oh, there's a lot of people that need to be fired in this. You know, it's and they may be right. You know, there are a lot of people that they're in there. They're putting blockades up on all the information and not even just UFOs, but other things, too. And when it comes to what we need as a people, they do need to be paying attention. They need they do need to be doing their own homework and not hubbubbing through it like when you go, Hey, do you know that your party they're into UFOs? Are you gonna, you know, learn from your elders? He doesn't do anything. And it's sad because I think the newer generation, fortunately for us, is more interested. So once the older people that are gonna fade out and you bring all these new young guys, girls in hopefully that changes and I would really like to see change because no one's fighting for it in there. They're doing it because it was kind of brought up. It, it honestly, when you have as much of the phenomenon happening in the skies now, where it's, it's becoming planes are, you know, multi-billion dollar jets are going to run into them. It's kind of time to where they're like, Oh, we got to take a stand on this. And there's a lot of people that are seeing it and the internet well, helped out quite. That brings up another good point though, Grant, because we are hearing reports coming out as recently as last week that U S aircraft, military aircraft have fired upon these UAP without any success of hitting them. Hmm. I haven't heard that, but that's interesting. I'm gonna have to look that up. John, did you hear that report? Where, where did you Where did you hear this, Dave? Uh, this I was uh, watching uh, or paying attention to to uh, the social media and other podcasts where there are reports in, in some of my private rooms and I'm in as well that apparently last week, as early as last week, there were fighter jets that fired upon UAP. 
unsuccessfully. And and they came back. The fighter pilots, yes. Yeah. Was it, so this was on other chat groups, so it's not something I can look up on on the web. I'm in a couple of very private chat rooms. Very yeah, Dave's one of those people. I am. Um, 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 wow. So, so I, I remember seeing something about it, and I didn't. I didn't get excited. I thought it was saying that there was a, a very old case of it happening that was then coming to light. I was not aware that it was a recent case. Um, you know, I have to admit, I'm less interested in the fact that they shot her. I'm a little less interested in the fact that they missed. What I'm a lot more interested in is uh, why were they actually um, uh, engaging at all? Um, wh- what, was, what was the sequence of events that resulted in them being weapons-free? Um, because um, there are conditions that have to be met in most cases. And, um, and now, to be honest, those, those, some of those conditions were actually met with, with the Tic Tac. Mm-hmm. There, there's reasons that you could have, have, have used to justify firing on the ticket. So I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I would really like to know the details of what happened because my under—I didn't—I don't say I, my understanding. My, I, now I'm now I'm really second guessing him, but my understanding was that the U.S. military had there was kind of a universal stand down order when it came to these things as far as firing was concerned. Well, I mean. I would think I would think so. I thought the same thing. Where we're not going to fire upon them as long as they don't do anything to us. And they're, be, I mean, they're coming close to our jets. But the, realistically, I'm, I'm super interested in why they actually went weapons hot on this, and the fact that I read somewhere just in the chat right now that they couldn't get a lock on it, and I'm over here trying to find it. I'm just and, like, and, oh so my there, gosh. And, and and you know, you know, there are, there are, um, there are extra things to consider when going weapons free without a lot. I mean, like there, there were, there was just, there was, there was sequence of events that decisions had to be made. I'd like to know who made those decisions and why, right? Like just, you know, what was that? What was that? What was that sequence? Because the things we all have yes. in the back of our heads, that Russian story about an actual engagement where the Russian pilots did not come home. Right. The, this story was is allegedly being uh, told on on mainstream media by Jeremy Corbell. Now, mm. Corbell, love him or hate him, does seem to have some very in depth sources that are leaking information to him. Whether or not it's correct or going to be confirmed, we don't know. We really don't know. However, however, I will say that I actually believe. And I, and I haven't been able to confirm this with any recent uh, shipboard people, but I believe that I actually might have reason to believe that there is a stand down order because of the fact that one of the more interesting weapons that we have aboard ship is a phalanx system. Oh, and yeah. this is essentially a, a, um, an automatic Gatling gun. Yeah, it's okay? called SeaWiz. Yes. And, um, and this is a completely automated system. Okay. Anything, anything that comes in trajectory of that ship gets riddled full of bullets. The 
only way that thing does not fire is if someone has actively turned it off. So mm-hmm. why didn't it fire at any of these UFOs? It means someone turned it off. Well, I mean, and that, that is not a, that's not that, that that is a type of system where it's like it's like a it's like an active passive system where it's it's designed to always be on. You're not really supposed to turn it off, right? Because um, it can be used for taking out anything from drones to missiles. I mean, it's a very, very, very good system. It, it go watch a video. It's amazing, right? Um, yeah, they sound like a lawnmower when they go off. Yeah, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy, and so that's always active. So I mean, you know, like if you go fly a drone near it, your drone's gone. So why were they turned off? To me, that's evidence that there's a stand down. Very true. So, Gentlemen, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to quickly run and hop in with three minutes to go to Shirky Poo's News. And we're going to get to it right now. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Poo's News. Now, normally I go into a number of reports here. But there's one that I'm going to get into tonight. Professional wrestler Chris Jericho. I don't know if you've seen him on Twitter today. But he put out a video that is going absolutely viral. Viral. A disgusting video of his niece having the tar beaten out of her by bullies at school. Now... You could go on at I am Jericho to actually check this out, okay? And this is now starting to get major, major play in the media because he tw- tweeted it out, and it seems like he may have actually taken down the tweet. The tweet actually came out yesterday. It says, hey, at Hillsboro School, my niece has been incessantly bullied at hashtag Mulrennan Middle School for months. Despite my family's pleas, nobody did anything to help, and this, as in the video below, was the result a few days ago. If you won't take action, I'd love to discuss this on at ABC Action News at WFLA anytime. Now, this shows approximately a 10-second video of three or four girls just beating the tar out of this young lady and pulling her hair, uh, kicking her, punching her. And look, anybody who has been bullied, this is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And there are thousands of retweets and, and messages going towards this. Look, it takes a community, everyone, to really end this type of BS. It takes a community. And the fact that you have, I don't care if professional wrestling, you feel it's real or fake or whatever, but you have a bunch of tough dudes and ladies in that realm of entertainment. I would hate to be these families right now. I would Is this hate his to daughter, be his niece? His niece. Okay, his so niece? there was a, a couple of responses that came along with this, including a tweet earlier today where... Newsweek put out uh, that uh, they are, they're, uh, Jericho is urging action about this. Jericho responded, I have screenshots of messages sent to the principal by my niece's older sister on May 6th 
asking for help with, quote, some girls who are messing with my sister. I know who they are and need to talk to you about them, end quote. Those messages were left unanswered. Want to see them at Hillsborough School. You know what? If these school boards are not going to protect our kids, I don't care what their ages are, what color they are, what sex they are, they need to be called out, and those people on the school board need to be fired. Plain and simple. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I applaud him for doing this. I, I do. But the exact same thing was happening to me in 1986. And what happened to a gazillion other people through all sorts of decades. I understand, right? John. We, we're uh, running you know, out of time, me, buddy. No, no but all, all, all I'm saying is that, is that I'm happy that they're doing it, but it's not to say that it's a new phenomenon. And that is Shirky Poo's news. Thank you. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night, Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a karate teacher to trim their hedges. Man, these shrubs are not made of plywood. Don't worry, another few chops should do it. Yeah! Nope! Yeah! Dang! But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Oh, this treehouse looks like particle board. Yeah! There we go. I'm starting to doubt myself. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitt's in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot.